0: Welcome again to The Great Stories Podcast. We're back in action. It's been a little bit busy lately for me in the uh, free time department, but uh, just recently had a few things clear up and I'm starting to book the interviews again. So we're getting back in the saddle. It feels good. Uh, My name is Ryan and this is my show. And what we do here is uh, I sit across this table from another human being and I hear their life story, Uh, the highs, the lows, the wins, the, the trials. But most importantly, just how people came to know Christ as their Savior. And what it's looked like in the context of their life to follow Him. Uh, I, I, I believe this whole Jesus-God thing is real. And and I, I really want to just bring a, a, a presence of authenticity and realness uh, into these conversations and, and share that with anybody. And I pray that everybody gets to listen to just what it looks like for people to follow a real God with their real life. Uh, th- these aren't polished, rehearsed, edited, uh, interrupted. These are just conversations with real people, man. Uh, what a joy. What a joy. And today's conversation is no different. I'm talking to uh, a guy that I work with at the at the trucking company uh, who I actually trained when he was new there. And, uh, you know, we got into his testimony and stuff. And, man, he's got so much logged in there, and, and we talked for, gosh, you well, you know better than I do, but this is like a two and a half, maybe, almost, 245, something like that, and we didn't even get to everything. Uh, I'm probably going to have Ed back on for a part two to talk about some other things uh, just that he shared over, over the times that I've known him, uh, but for this one, uh, what a crazy story, man. Ed, Ed is a guy who has come to know God um, On God's terms, you know, this is a It's a story of God really reaching into this world And claiming somebody uh, to be his own And he's changed uh, who Ed is Uh, Anyway, I'll let him tell you about it uh, Without any further delay Uh, This is Ed Jimenez Hope you enjoy the interview as much as we enjoyed recording it Here we go Ed Menace, that's me. Welcome to the Great Stories Podcast. <laughs> All right, this is my What's little that? house. We're, we're inside the the man cave, as I affectionately call it,
1: the man nook.
0: Uh, tell me who who we have uh, sitting here observing tonight.
1: <laughs> the one that smiled, that one is the youngest of the litter. Yeah, he's seven. Goes by the name of Dominic. Yeah. Hosiah is his middle name, and over there, the pretty little one that pretends like she can't hear me. Who <laughs> looks like her mom? That's Anaya. Anaya Rose. Get that thing real close. Anaya Rose. Oh he yeah. There you go. There we go. Absolutely. Here we go.
0: So you've got how many of those? Nueve. Nine kids. <clears throat> that's right. Your email is Ed Nine Kids or whatever at Gmail. <laughs> at gmail. Yes. Oh, great. I just gave your email out. That's smart. Sorry. Um, I got a
1: new one. No more kids, though, but a new email. Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) You have to (laughs) change. If you get another kid, you have to change the email. The whole team. We'll just
1: call it thewholeteam.com.
0: Nice. Yeah, that's a whole, that's like a volleyball team with one spare. Yeah. That's good. Well, plus you, you'd have two outs. Nice. Subs. Yeah. (laughs) How many's on a basketball team? Is that? Was it 12? No, 10. Okay. You got a little work to do then.
1: Yeah, no. No, we're done. (laughs) Get it.
0: uh, So the mic should be like. Should I angle it? Basically, like a fist away from your your face. There we go. Right there. Is it going to move? That's its full range. You might have to scoot forward there. Oh, I got you. Yeah, get it on the. Okay. There we go. Should the screen be in front of it? No, that's for me because if that's not there, it'll it'll hear me.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: I got you so uh this has been a long time coming yeah man we would so there's a little background i met you maybe two two months ago three months ago something like that you got hired with sun state equipment Mm -hmm. which is a machinery rental company Mm -hmm. and you're a semi driver yes sir and i was one of the guys that was showing you around and teaching you the ropes and training me i was training you yeah and it, it didn't take long uh for us to get into church stuff Right. We're both a little bit into it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, gosh, I heard just you like 12 hours of just all these things in your head. And I was like, we've got to record some of this. Like yeah. people need to hear the stuff you just told me. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. And it, it's Friday. So how how you feeling? Are you?
1: I'm a little tired, but I'm good. You Actually, made it? Yeah, I made it. Usually on Fridays, I'm baked. Yeah. Like I'm done. But... I've been looking forward to this all day Yeah Kind of prayed up and Just took my time And I'm excited I'm excited to um, promote the kingdom Yeah You know That's that's my, my passion I just recently realized What I'm really passionate about mm. And what I'm passionate about is Sharing my faith And rescuing souls Yeah You know I like it. Yeah, man. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what I do.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. So tell me uh, all nine kids in order and how old they are. These
1: are the trick questions? Yeah, how old they are right now. Okay. You want me to start with my son-in-law? Go oldest to youngest. All right. I'll start with my oldest. Her name is Vanessa. Yeah. And she's 30. August uh, 10th is when she's born.
0: Oh, man. We're getting birthdays, too. Okay. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. We're going to kill all the questions right now because I know know her birth weight, too. (laughs) Maybe that's too much. We're going to have someone steal
0: their identity by the time this is (laughs)
1: Weighing in at... No. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, no, she's 30. Then um, who follows? That's going to be Victoria. All right. And then we have Giovanni. And then we have Isabella, Francisco, Elijah, Johnny, Anaya, and Dominic. Awesome. Yeah. And then my son-in-law is Franco. So he's been around since since my daughter was like 15. She was 13. 13. No, No, 19.
0: There
1: you go. We get don't, don't tell on her. She's the peanut listening. gallery over here. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> so yes, she's uh yeah. So these are the youngest, seven and eight, and then uh Did I say Johnny? Excuse me. Yeah, you said He's fifteen, Elijah's seventeen, Giovanni's twenty, Victoria's twenty one, uh, and Frank Francisco, we call him Frankie. Yeah. And Isabella, they're twins, they're nineteen. How old how old are you? Right me? Yeah. I'm 32. No, I'm kidding. I'm I'm 47. (laughs) I'm catching up. (laughs) Yeah, 47. So I was I was uh, a young dad. My my oldest was I was 17 when she was born. Mm. So ministry started then for me. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was I was so you did you did that whole bit on the phone with the telemarketer when we were trucking. Remember that. Some, i don't know why you were talking to her but you started talking to her about all kinds of things that were not related to like cables had nothing internet. to
1: do yeah that's that gift you know that gift of gab yeah that we know where we get it from but it's just yeah. funny you could just redirect it all It was you know so funny I mean? that was great
0: yeah man <laughs> i forgot Gosh. about that yeah <clears throat> i was cracking up
1: that lady didn't know what to do with you she's like she almost wanted my number. It felt like yeah. I
0: got. She wasted like 15 minutes talking. to you.
1: She could have scouted so many people. I
0: know, could have got a got a cable package sold. You
1: know what I liked about her is she was relentless.
0: Yeah, that's true. She tried to sell you even at the end. Even, yeah.
1: Even till the bitter end. I'm like, lady, I have pirate TV. I don't need anything. <laughs> There's nothing you could offer me that would sway me. Yeah. And she's like, well, you know, you know, we could still do something. Nope. <laughs> But she was just to the end and she listened to what I had to say. But you know, if we had more people that were patient like her in the kingdom, Mm. we just might change the world.
0: I think it's cool that you you're you're present in all those kids' lives. You know, you know who they are, you know their names. You know their teachers' names, you know their friends' names, like you're not Yeah you don't have nine kids spread out across a whole train wreck. Like you're you're their dad. Yeah. Which is yeah.
1: cool and rare. Which yeah. Is, which is a bummer. <laughs> it is a bummer. But you know, even <clears throat> even in my past life, before I was a Christian, yeah, um, there was just some, like even like street credibility, if you will, hmm. um, even in my character, and I don't know where it stems from, but... I never wanted to be away from my kids. Yeah. It's just something I always held to my heart and never I just you know, I would never do that.
0: Yeah. Well, let's uh <clears throat> before we get into that past life. Yeah. Uh yeah. give give a little like what what is your kind of role right now uh church-wise? Like mm. cuz you you work for Sunday. Before mm. that, you were Involved in the, the drop-in center in San Jose
1: at Bill Wilson Center. Um, yeah. It's the biggest um, Youth outreach 18 to 25 year old um, It deals with homeless youth at-risk youth drug-addicted youth yeah. homeless youth um, I did outreach in the community for all ages, but I mostly I was a case manager with them. So right. I did that for a while which really brought me back to who I am and God In the sense of um, what I'm passionate about. You know, I never thought I would like it. I went in there. At first, I didn't. These kids were crazy. A few of them were LGBTQ community, which I was unfamiliar with. Mm. Um, And I was only there for a little over a year. But in that last year, I'm a people person. So, I never really dislike anyone. Yeah. But I never really had too many friends of that community. Bless you. Bless you. And <laughs> and had I had to take courses. Whoa, man, that's loud. Um, so I had to get familiar with this lifestyle that I knew nothing about, and I had yeah. so many walls. Huh. You know, even in my own prejudices and right. my own, because we're all we're all privy to that you know what i mean
0: yeah we all have a tendency to put somebody over there right yeah you're the other person
1: right, right? And, and and you know they're just their souls yeah you know regardless of yeah what i think or what i they're you know we're made in his image so when you think like that it's like whoa what have i yeah. been doing you yeah. know so it was a big eye-opener being in the <laughs> drop-in center but i was grateful because it brought me back to my humanity, my, um, mm. you know, you get comfortable in Christianity. You can. Oh, yeah. And so it's, it's always... Shoulder. The bubble. Yeah.
0: It's the bubble. Yeah. I was yeah. speaking
1: Christianese. I know how to say amen. I know how to say <laughs> hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Thank you, sister. God bless you, you know. Yeah. We do that real good. Yeah. But I think what's good is transparency and just, you know, hey, if you're not feeling good, Matt, say, it. I'm not feeling good. I'm just right. not, you know. And we get we get into this mode of perfectisms and yeah we're just not those people and we got to stop doing that because we 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 mess ourselves up we just need to be real we yeah, all got that's, hang-ups <laughs> that's something that like sometimes
0: you'll hear people say like oh you know i, I just i woke up and I, mm-hmm. I wasn't feeling great i'm feeling down i don't feel like going to church and just, you know you got to put on a smile yeah. and oh, my gosh, that breaks my heart. Like, that's not yeah. the point. The, the yeah. <laughs> Church shouldn't be the spot where you have to pretend no. unless you work there. Then once in a while you have yeah. to, like, whatever. Yeah. But,
1: yeah, real community. Real right? community, just tr- true and true. Followers of Christ. Yeah. You know. That's it, yeah. Well, take us back. Take <clears throat> us back.
0: Uh, you were You were born...
1: Oh man, you on wanna...
0: the, on the peninsula?
1: No, no. See, that's a whole another Bible story. Oh gosh, <laughs> I didn't know. I mean, Bible study <laughs> is what I should have said. Okay. So, so I gave you a portion of my life here, but man, this is going to go deep. All right. Well, you can you can I'll, do the flyby. <laughs> all right, we'll do the flyby. Yeah. So, <clears throat> my mom okay. was Salvadorian, and she was like. We had rich and poor in her side of the family real quick. And she basically was ostrich sized from my grandfather's family because my grandmother was the house servant in their home. Mm. They were shoe salesmen and they sold belts, shoes, anything leather. Okay. Um which is where I think I get some of that that uh ability to sell ice to Eskimos and you know. <laughs> Um, they're just good salesmen and, um, they were just a, just always trying to keep up with the Joneses in Central America. It's, um, but it was a, it's an old, uh, lifestyle of shoe salesmen. They made shoes, beautiful shoes too, like nice dress shoes and church shoes. And, Mm. um, my grandmother was a servant to the home and, um, grandpa had a thing with her and they had my mom. Huh. Um, my mom was then, uh, she, my grandmother's really dark. My grandfather's side's really light complected. So she, my grandmother was from like a, you know, she had, she came from what's called a finca or a village. Hmm. She had a mud hut. Oops. Excuse me. And that kind of environment, homemade tortillas over fire. Ooh. I mean, <coughs> real butter, <laughs> you know like what that. I mean? I like that corn. Yet. Um, they took a shower outside in these big old um, pool-like things. Okay. And um, just poor. Huh. And and my grandfather was middle class, their family, and so um, that always caused tension for my mom. She mm. got ostracized. Put a, you know they wanted her to become the servant. They treated her like one. Right. And she just couldn't take it. You know from what I gather from her and and she dealt with a lot of abuse from the family who she loved she never stopped loving them and uh, had my mom's her her mom's side and my grandfather's side but was pulled in different directions because of the financial backgrounds right and um, yeah yeah she just didn't fit in anywhere so she ended up moving to Mexico Okay. met some ladies who I call my tias my my godmother and her two sisters and uh, auntie yeah
0: tia tio right yeah. and so
1: we lived with them but I wasn't born yet so she ended up looking for love young i think she was 25 when she had me huh. um but she was just kind of wilding out in that age group you know whatever they did back then yeah yeah 69 Seventy, seventy-one, right around then so okay you know she was always clean never abused anything she liked dancing um ended up meeting a guy um of course he lied to her because that's what they did then and right you know started dating her but didn't Dude, tell her that he was married and, do what you gotta do <laughs> yeah he was split up from his lady and he, yeah. didn't, he didn't say any of that so i became the product of that that arrangement hmm. and and uh he wanted nothing to do with me, from what I'm told. But, you know, I, I've never heard his side. I've never met him.
0: That's in Mexico. That's in
1: Mexico. Mexico. Okay. So now I'm a Mexican. I'm, I'm, I come into the world. Um, I'm Mexican. I was born in Chihuahua. and nice. uh, <laughs> I like to say... She laughed. I like to say Chihuahua because it sounds cooler.
0: Oh, yeah. That sounds...
1: <laughs> They're all. where are you born? I'm, Chihuahua that sounds native american so, it sounds pretty cool <laughs> and it's exactly the way it's spelled i mean looks so <laughs> so uh you know i tell people this story and they go well have you been back no never have mm. i just you know I've, I've been here my whole life so anyway long story short he wanted nothing to do with me my mom's then was trying to like say hey this is your son you know the grandma tried to get involved. Yeah. She had wealth. She made an offer to my mom to pay her to give me up. Wow. And to say, her? Yeah, but didn't want me to have contact with her anymore. So my mom, knowing that the lady had money, said, "Uh, I need to do something to get out of here. So huh. she ended up going back to El Salvador, put me with my grandma in the mud hut where she was staying. Yeah. And I was two years old but I remember it really and, and like everything I told you is from my memory like I can remember the, the fresh tortillas the corn over the fire Whoa. the tub my uncles because she had um, she had other family yeah like my mom had other brothers and sisters so she was there was a lot of them and so her brothers would take me on their shoulders we went back to El Salvador for a month or two she left me with her with my grandma. Huh. And uh, she went and partied in El Salvador, met another guy. He's Salvadorian. <clears throat> Keep in mind, I'm Mexican. My mom's Salvadorian. Yeah. Um, she ended up meeting Rodolfo Jimenez, who swept her off her feet at a party. And they hooked up and hung out for a little while. And I was at my grandma's for like a month. She finally popped up one day. Okay, we're leaving. I'm like, okay, well, where are we going now? I didn't know where we were going. I didn't know where home was anymore. a half years old. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't know. I just knew that I was now in love with living with grandma in this finca in this village. Yeah. And it's, like, really cool. (laughs) It's different. Fresh food. Everything's yummy. Hmm. Everyone's nice. Nobody's mean. Um, It's awesome. Interesting. Yeah. I remember playing with ducks and wilderness and riding on horse donkeys and just cool stuff i remember that and you hear that so often where like it seems like the
0: more complicated your life is like the more that the higher your standard living just yeah. the more stressful and miserable people get
1: it's simple living I, yeah
0: it seems crazy but every every time you hear that it's like yeah i miss when it was just yeah simple. simplicity
1: yeah man so yeah so we ended up moving packing and moving now I'm like three I think it was uh, right before my fourth birthday We came to Palo Alto, California Wow we from, just, from, El from El Salvador We flew, flew to San Francisco And then we took Or no, I think to L.A. And then we Greyhound Okay Up to up to uh, the Bay Area I had no idea where we were going Yeah, what is I this had never Yeah, never met him And then um, I had two older brothers immediately they were 10 and 11 years older than me so um i remember being a little kid and them coming in and they see me and they're like who are you and they're older and i'm like who are you and i'm stomping on their stuff and my dad's talking with my mom and he's they're introducing me to him and it was just weird it was just a weird thing but as we progressed as a family he um He took me in you know uh at seven years old i think he ended up adopting me and it was a big celebration for our family and he says today's the day son and we went to the courthouse and did all this stuff went to dinner as a family it was super cool and it's just different but i didn't i didn't it was new to me i didn't know i was learning english i didn't know any english wow um it was different it was different but uh I became a Jimenez so uh, what was
0: your what would your name have been before Salinas Salinas okay yeah 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 Jimenez yeah. I like Jimenez. so, yeah.
1: so I was adopted uh, by Rudy Jimenez my dad huh. we had Rudy jr. and Louie and then my sister too is a uh, Celia wow. so <clears throat> yeah that's how it started man I ended up he he, he wanted to buy a house, we lived in apartments, grew up middle class. Yeah, kind of right, because you you pointed down a street at one point, we were
0: driving through off Embarcadero.
1: Yeah, so Greer Park is right there. That's right, Greer Park, yeah. Well, that park used to be Palo Alto Drive-Ins, that whole park. Right. So, I grew up going to the drive-in theater, it was right across the street from the apartments, we'd get in there, and it was cool, watch movies free, you know, it was awesome. But back then, you could do things like that, and... You could just walk in; they wouldn't even. It was just great, but they got rid of it. And there was tons of kids. There was three different apartments. There was a hundred in our apartments, a hundred in the other. Never, you know, just a big melting pot of people. Yeah. And I grew up with kids that were rich. I grew up with kids in my area. Different, you know. I always had that. Um, I don't know. Just I had filthy rich friends, and then. <laughs> friends and then i had middle class i just had everybody i, I got along with everyone
0: yeah because that's sort of right in in the middle it's right in the middle because you go like a mile either yeah. way and you've got you know you got the ghetto a- atherton palo alto yeah. yeah yeah and then you got yeah epa on yeah. the other side and then
1: i had friends whose dads were in hollywood they were producers yeah So summertime would come or breaks, we'd go to their house, they had movie theaters in their basements and watching (laughs) real movies, real to real in their houses, downtown Palo Alto. And I'm like, the life. Wow. So, you know, I had a lot of cool stuff going on. Yeah. Knew a lot of famous people. It was pretty cool. Weird. It is Weird. It's 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 weird because it's right here in the Bay You didn't expect it, but yeah, just you know, really cool stuff. When
0: when did East Palo Alto kind of get? It's like notoriety. It's rap, yeah. Because I, when I because <clears throat> I grew up, you know, in the in the eighties, yeah. And I think at at that point in time, it was bad. If mm-hmm. if murder people, capital, yeah, it was like yeah. I think somewhere in the eighties, mm-hmm. it was like the murder capital of the U.S. at one point. Yeah. I think Oakland took over, and then Chicago, but
1: yeah for like seven years it was yeah it was bad
0: were you so you were were you around for that
1: um i was i was a youngster but um yeah my brothers are 10 11 years older so they had a lot of riffraff friends too that they grew up with yeah they were like potheads but then they had the ghetto crews and so they were friends with everyone and um Mm. because of those affiliations and me being around my brothers and they were watching me yeah I was able to do what every cool kid wanted to do, and that's run drugs or do illegal stuff, yeah for the neighborhood all stars you know what I mean and um got into that at a young age, just dropping packages off didn't know what I was doing right there in east paw well, it's actually on the west side of one o one, but it was all it was on O'Keefe I don't know if you know where O'Keefe is. There's a row of apartments. It's where those new buildings are on University. Yeah. Well, that was the Whiskey Gulch, back okay. when I was in the eighties. Okay. And that little area was just horrible, <laughs> so <laughs> they got rid of that. Yeah. They, they obliterated <laughs> that, and then right behind that was all the apartments. Okay. And it was a street called O'Keefe that runs right behind that. So that's and where all the action was at. That's, yeah. Every apartment building was uh, selling some kind of illegal substance, and I ran. I was a little Latino kid with yeah. a backpack. Right. A mule. Seven. Yeah, I was a mule. Yeah. Basically, I was um hired to be a mule. In those days, I was uh this was like 8483. Okay. Um Yeah, I was like from 9 to like 12 taking pack. I didn't know what was in them. I knew in my mind but yeah. I never opened it because they said don't open it, we'll kill you. And wow. We don't want to do that. We know you. Yeah. We're gonna pay you, and they paid me like a hundred bucks every time I did it, and a hundred dollars. Good kid money. Oh my god! <laughs> You're balling. I, could, I couldn't. I was balling because Hubba Bubba was twenty five cents. <laughs> you know what I mean? So a hundred bucks. Yeah. Was decent money, and yeah. so I. I didn't even know I had to spend it because I couldn't take that home. My parents weren't. Right. They'd be like, where are you getting this? You know, well, well, what's they going would, on? They would know. They would know, <laughs> without a doubt. I'm wearing my brother's hand-me-downs. And, yeah. You know, all of a sudden I got new Nikes or, you know, Gemco only had so many things. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you know what Gemco is. That was a department store. Yeah, it was a department
0: store. Yeah, there was no online... You couldn't Amazon so it. Was or, no. There was no uh, yeah. what, what, Zappos. You get <laughs> Zappos in. <anymore>. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> so, um, yeah, I did that. I was hustling that. and um, Yeah, just doing that kind of stuff. And, it and was, you were the...
0: Was it you or you were the, like the candy dealer? Before yeah. that, I was... <laughs>
1: mm, yeah, so I went to Jordan Middle School. Yeah. I think that... I mean, I always sold things, but gumdingers were really big and blow pops gum dingers remember gum dingers so it was like a blow pop okay but it was gum inside and it said okay. blow pops gum dingers and they had like sour apple yeah yeah watermelon yeah.
0: okay yeah
1: And the commercials had that parrot yeah they would just bite it yeah and how so, many licks and you yeah. go one two <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so we had i had that's good advertising yeah so there was this liquor store called the old barrel in okay. palo alto on el camino by baron park okay and uh go over there and get my candy because they sold wholesale candy in big old tubs I would get this stuff and sell it at school that's how I made my money I didn't really get allowance I just hustled whatever I could and so I just developed this lifestyle of being the candy man and I never thought you know when I think back now and I say man okay where did i where'd I learn these things because yeah. it came so natural to jump into these things and it started at a young age selling candy so you know i had different varieties of candy hubba bubba big league chew you know i had everything and i made money you know i had tabs for people i'm in junior high and it was cool and the kids that were buying they could afford it it was just i was a convenience store yeah so it was great and you know 7-eleven was all right but you know you're right there i was right there (laughs) i didn't have slurpees if i had slurpees i would have been oh yeah (laughs) the man (laughs) but um yeah so i did that man and uh got a lot of fame like that and pretty popular just with everyone Hmm. um you know i i had every kind of friend black chinese white um god so many different people i grew up with Hmm. I can't say I I uh, ever was like well when I when I moved I ended up okay so my parents bought a house in eighty eight in Mountain View okay um, we left the apartment lifestyle that I was accustomed to yeah so from f- from the time I touched down here three and a half almost four till fifteen fourteen we bought the house in Mountain View. Um, you know, I started selling candy and all that stuff, pushing weight. My parents didn't know. Huh. Um, ended up buying a Suzuki Samurai. Oh, yeah. And that's when they were popular, when they first right. came out. And so the neighborhood drug dealer dudes who I got it from, who one of them was a original member of the Midtown Hogs, as they were called back then, uh, who's now deceased. He was murdered in uh, San Quentin oh um he I was doing a lot of packages for him hmm. and he liked the way I did things and so he charged me like I don't know I think 700 bucks for a Suzuki Samurai and it was pretty new okay And had it was a lowering kit on it so I was in junior high school driving this thing junior high junior high Get- <laughs> at Jordan Middle School I was in 7th grade <laughs> Driving this driving Suzuki, Suzuki Samurai, and it's like hotter than lava in Palo Alto on oh Middlefield God. Road, and yeah, I don't know if you know where Jordan is. It's right before Oregon Express, Expressway in Middlefield, so it's like a frontage. No, it's it's <laughs> like in the mid- midtown Palo Alto. Okay, yeah, I have to look at it. Yeah, so it's it's it sticks out, and then we're a bunch of kids because I didn't go alone. I'm all all my buddies were come on, guys. I got a car, yeah, dude. You're the the coolest kid in the world driving around, (laughs) fill it up. And then my dad messed up by showing me how to drive because I would drive the church, Catholic church, every weekend. (laughs) Or you know, back I remember him drinking beer and just cracking a beer, right? He'd have a couple and then be like, Okay, you drive. I'm like, Okay, I was a little kid. <laughs> all right so he started letting me drive to church and you know started getting in trouble my friend billy massey well i shouldn't say his name Oops, too late <laughs> his parents owned a hardware store downtown Palo Alto. um so because of that he's a cop now actually um because of that i got keys to all my parents cars Okay, I I had my own set, so I wouldn't have to sneak them. You'd copy them. Yeah, I copied them. So my dad would sleep on the weekends. Yeah, you know he'd played soccer for adult league, then he'd come home and crash. And I knew when he was crashing, I'd go take his keys. But then I got my own keys, (laughs) and I would go cruising, or late night, they'd go to sleep, and I'd take their car. And he would always say, "Man, it's like somebody burned my gas," and I'm cruising with my friends all the way to San Jose. And that was before (laughs) '85 was built. Yeah. So we'd go as far as, I think, De Anza and then go down Stevens Creek all the way in. the Dude. Way out. And they, did, they didn't get they, wise to them? Well, they ended up finding out one time because I got I got caught up. Um, they caught me that I, they, they knew their car was stolen. There oh. was no cell phones there. So I came home real quick to use the restroom and I parked the car downstairs. Yeah. My dad goes, my car's been stolen. I go, what? What? Playing dumb. got to get your car back and i was like i got to go move his car shoot i left it right downstairs he's going to know it's me yeah yeah <laughs> so i go to move it and he goes in my mom's <clears throat> ford granada to go look for it and he spots me oh. and you're and you're like an eighth, i'm in right? his 280zx like oh <laughs> there's no way he's catching me right and i'm not about to let him cuz my dad oh so he doesn't know it's you yet until he sees me okay so he rolled up on me and I'm like and I had just seen him in the house I'm like, what they stole your car and so I that whole thing came to light <laughs> real quick <laughs> and he goes
2: what are you doing? And I'm yeah like,
1: I didn't know what he said I just know he was mad he turned red and I punched the gas
0: <laughs> <So> <laughs> you're running from me Dad.
1: I'm I'm oh. flying man I, where were you gonna go I just away <laughs> away because my dad didn't play it's not like I was going to get a lecture it was right. it was going to be like it's, you only, know.
0: it's only getting worse
1: though you're was, running <laughs> I, I didn't want to get that punishment right then and there I just delayed it oh. so I take off down Bayshore towards south okay I jam to Colorado and West Bayshore which is the next big intersection I have friends at the Colorado apartments low income housing I got a lot of buddies there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, a few of the girls I know, I'm they're outside hanging out. Well, what are you doing? You got your parents' car again? I'm like, yeah, I got it again, but I'm in trouble. My dad's looking for me. <laughs> and I could see the car coming from a mile away down Colorado towards Straight. us. And I'm like, yeah. oh, no. That's him. So I'm in a cul-de-sac. And my dad jams in, and he's, like, facing me. I'm scared. My friends are out there. A bunch of girls that I care about are out there. (laughs) Embarrassment is about to get real. And uh, (laughs) I just remember punching the gas again. No. And I did like a (laughs) donut, almost a donut around the car. I went like a, it was like, I think it was the first sideshow ever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you started something
0: great it's I your didn't. fault
1: then yeah so i don't know if it was like it was like that kind of action i went around it and i'm him. looking at my dad so he's in the middle and he's, you're and he got out of the car and i'm like going around him like ah what do i do i punched it again he couldn't catch me he chased me through town but i oh. Oh. i burned him And at this point i'm like do i call the cops what do i do right i don't no. even know because i was i was so scared that I'm like I'm gonna call the cops on myself <laughs> <laughs> silly I was a kid it was disaster. a disaster it was a disaster you can't even make this up this is like a it was just mayhem something and out of a weird movie <laughs> he ended up going home I ditched the car my friends are hiding me I'm trying to see where my dad is I don't even know where he went he, he went home he's gotta cool off yeah officer Lou who's was this big Hawaiian kinda overweight guy knew me from my brothers right his squad car's at my house I'm like, oh, and I know it's his car because it said Lou on the door. And I'm like, Officer Lou. So everybody's like, hey, Officer Lou's at your house, man. What's going on? Your brother's getting in trouble again? I go, no. It's me. It's me. Oh. And so everyone in the neighborhood's kind of like looking. Oh, the cops are here. What's going on? Let's find out. And I'm peeking over bushes. Like, what would you do? Oh. So it was just one of those things where all the neighbors knew I was around. Nobody was telling on me. I was busted. Oh. And I just finally got tired of being out there. I wanted to go home. I wanted to go to sleep. I was drained mentally and yeah. just done. Oh, I was life like, on the run. What man. am I doing? Fugitive. Yeah. So we, uh, I went in because I knew the cop was inside. <laughs> <laughs> but back then, you could probably spank a kid in front of a cop. But it just didn't matter. They would yeah. have been like applauding yeah. it or something. Right. Right. But <laughs> you're not doing it right. Here. I'd get in and. I looked at my dad he's hotter than lava and I'm like my mom's crying I'm like oh I'm in trouble if my mom's crying yeah I'm in trouble yeah and officer Lou's like I need to talk to you all right fessed all up and they charged me with joyriding so how old were you for this I want to say 12 13 so you're in like 8th grade yeah oh ninth grade maybe yeah oh gosh you know what i take that back i was about 10 because it was before i had my it was before i had the suzuki yeah when i was in seventh grade when i had that so yeah it was before that so yeah um horrible man just horrible just a life of you know no direction you know even i had loving parents they loved me my dad just worked hard he was yeah you know climbing that corporate ladder he started in like the mailroom, just working, shipping and receiving. Now he's climbing his way to be the president of a company. And Whoa. He was strict, but he was an accountant. He became an accountant, certified accountant. He um, was climbing in his company and um, just doing different things, you know? Uh, I ended up, move. we bought a house in Mountain View. We were looking in Redwood City, yeah. different areas, San Carlos. He ended up. Um,
0: That's where I grew up. San Carlos right? yeah San Carlos
1: so we we I remember going to the places you know there was one off a of woodside road um in Redwood there was another one off of Fair Oaks in Redwood City that we really came close and then there was one off of I want to say was it Holly I think it was Holly yeah right up there by uh Wait, I don't know that's out. there was little houses there they're all gone now <laughs> by the old county road and yeah close to that yeah um yeah, I remember just house searching and he ended up finding this beater in Mountain View. It was a beat up house. And uh it was ugly. Ugly. <laughs> but I'm so grateful that he bought it because it's worth a lot of money right now. It's still there? Yeah, my mom lives in it. She's still in it? Okay. Yeah, she's still in it. Oh, that, they yeah. bought it back then for 120? Yeah, that's about and right. And 3.5 it's worth now. <laughs> 3.5 million Whoa That's yeah. crazy Crazy my,
0: my parents are in a similar thing They bought their house in like I think 83 Right For like a
1: 100, 100 It's like 115
0: maybe Something like that
1: Amazing
0: Yeah and the houses in the neighborhood Are all mm-hmm. 2 million plus It's all It's all Google Facebook Apple Yep You know Whatever Oracle people Yeah so But it's
1: probably a nice In those areas The houses are a little bit bigger
0: They filled a lot now Yeah Yeah well, They They, they like my There's parents, no yards.
1: my parents' home is off of uh, Moffitt Boulevard. There were track homes for the Navy. Yeah. So, oh, just, yeah. there there yeah. was no basement, no attic. Just they're built on slabs. Just pop down. Yeah. yeah. And it was a three bedroom little little house, but they added a bedroom. Man, just built a little cottage in the back. Bought that house. So fast forward a bit then. Okay. And yeah, let's let's get into the mayhem.
0: More more of the mayhem. The the high school, okay. you know. When, okay. When when things got real for you, so it got real. I was <laughs> or getting or in trouble.
1: Real. I was I was getting in trouble. I didn't fit in scholastically anywhere. I couldn't get that rhythm in my life huh. the way I'd like to have. Um, I just wasn't a good student. I yeah. I went to school. I hung out. I was the cool kid. I sold things that people wanted, and if not, I had the I was the connection to many different things. Whether whatever your candy was, I was like that guy. and um, just develop that you know and so we moved to Mountain View this is where it starts because I really got lost Hmm. um, trying to fit in being a a young man that grew up with so many different ethnicities around me that I was very confused Um, parents were good parents but my dad was abusive um cheated, and I thought that was normal, so huh. I had girlfriends, and I never really was loyal to them because I see it in at home, so whatever I yeah, see well, you don't know different. I thought that was the way you treated women, yeah, and um understood that my mom put up with it and was okay with it. I mean she was upset about it, and I didn't like that, you know, growing up, but I just assumed that's what men did, yeah, and so. I carried that, all these things that I grew up believing. I knew that my dad was searching for God, but couldn't really figure out. We'd go to Catholic Church, but on the weekends, I'd go to Ron L. Hubbard and stay in the car. He'd be reading these books, and he's just reading on Mormonism. on Hubbard, yeah, that's Mormon. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. no. Hubbard is science. Scientology. Scientology. That's it. So he was doing all these different things, and I know as an adult now that he was searching for God. Right. For himself, for his family. Um, he would always say the church just wants your money and, Mm. but then I would see him in church giving. So it just, it contradicted (laughs) it. And I was like, why do you give then?" Um, but he always went to service. Yeah. Wasn't really involved. Just went to service, making faces at little babies and stuff like that. He did that (laughs) kind of stuff. So (laughs) I seen, it was just a lot of contradiction, Mm. but one thing I got from that is that he was searching for God. He was searching for God. And so I always remember that. He taught me a lot of great things. And he taught me a lot of awful things. Hmm. Um, You know, the rest I've had to learn from the Lord. But I'm grateful for that. That process. I still had to go through it. So I get to Mountain View. I'm trying to fit in. I had people. um, There's gangs there. There was three different gangs. There was an Asian gang. There was north and south and northerners were just starting so it was different you sure. know and i have a mixed background so i'm salvadorian and mexican and uh, i'm just a mutt yeah
0: you're just used to being in the middle <laughs> and, of everything and then
1: i grew up and with a lot of white kids so i talked different i had asian friends i listened to rap music hip-hop heavy metal <laughs> reggae even my closest friends they didn't all listen to the same music that yeah, i listened to i got them turned on too different sounds just because I loved music um, I never played any instruments I always had dreams of playing the piano but huh? I had all these likes um, so I had all this confusion it's a lot of confusion yeah. um, I was trying to fit in ended up taking this guy's girl That I, she didn't tell me she had a boyfriend but started a little war so he was <laughs> one of the leaders of the Northern Gang and uh, his name was Jimmy Huh. he had a brother named David he had like six brothers but him and David were like this and everybody knew him and um so we were enemies right off the from that whole female thing and yeah uh, she didn't tell me so I came to her I go why didn't you tell me man I do not know you know what's going on yeah. man No, I'm in trouble I don't want yeah I don't want these dudes that, so these guys call on my house phone because we didn't have cell phones yeah well, there were cell phones but just wasn't really privy to it <laughs> no um and so he got these dudes rolling by my mom's house. I'm like, Oh man, what's going on? You know, trying to figure this out. I met a cool guy that I went to high school with named Gabe. We became best friends and he was my road dog, but it wasn't really a good fighter, so I was like couldn't count on him to really have my back. <laughs> If you're listening, Gabe, I'm sorry, man. You're uh-huh. a lot bigger. I know you're a bouncer now and all this good stuff. And, <laughs> you grew up. But you were not a fighter in high school. Uh, <laughs> so, but he's a big dude now. He's huge. And uh, he's he's been able to uh, take care of good people yeah. that we all know on radio okay. and as a bouncer. So, it's right. funny. That's but, good. um, yeah, so I ended up doing that. Got a little wild and... Um, still did my little sales here and there, had these little connections with, that's how I started finagling my way back into that life. Hmm. Um, after that, I met a girl, uh, she had just moved from Arizona, had kids with her, um, had four kids with her. So out of my nine kids, I had four with my ex. And then, um, basically, you know, we, we tried that. For years and just mm. couldn't because of my you know got i started dabbling in in not only the sales of stuff but using and what mm. um,
0: we'll call it um hard candy <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> it wasn't pop rocks but hard candy but yeah so i i got in, into that and yeah um, i just i sold it for a long time and um was that kind of a guy and then because i knew that girls liked it I started using it, right. and I never did. And and um, it's funny because they say, you know, it's a lust of the flesh, right? So when you once you start using, all these doors open up. Huh. They kind of feed themselves, but take you nowhere. But and fast, and then hmm. you're stuck. So I got caught up in this in this um, in this um, I got caught up in this lifestyle of. Uh, habitual just acting crazy and doing drugs and partying with different people and mm. a lot of women, a lot of you know stuff like that, just being unfaithful to my ex because that's what I grew up thinking was right and she's gonna yeah. put up with it. And I just had nobody to really guide me, yeah. So she got pregnant. Um, we were seven, she was 16, I was 17 and uh yeah so the day came to tell my dad hey i got some girl pregnant yeah i want to be a man and tell him you know and uh he didn't accept it he says well Hmm. how do i know it's yours well you don't i'm telling you, you know i'm the guy that she's with this is it's me so he wasn't too happy about that kind of grounded me and said i couldn't go out don't call her she calls the house nothing i'm like well that just made me want to just call her more and run yeah. away and good luck yeah it didn't work Holding so, down. There, so but. i was upset you know and inside anger young teenage kid he uh ended up passing away soon after that he oh. uh he had a massive heart attack in Redwood City, he made a bet with his coworkers to lose weight, and he started this crazy diet. His first day working out, he overexerted himself and had a massive heart attack at um, in Redwood City, actually, on Veterans Boulevard Dang. At, uh, at a health spa. And it was two doors down from his job. So it was like insanity. So not only was my ex pregnant with a baby, Wow. We just told my dad days before that. Uh, I had all this stress and just different things going on. um Just a lot for a young man. And so. Yeah, you're 17? 17. Yeah, this is like. It's insane. These are things that you'd expect. Yeah.
0: Like, oh, yeah, I was in my 20s. Mm-hmm. You haven't even got to the 20s mm-hmm. yet. Oh, my gosh. And
1: yeah. then I was trying to fit in, still being the womanizer on the side. And, yeah selling the the candy the candy being mr cool guy still making friends amongst enemies and being that guy not sure where i was going what was taking place he they just bought this home i'm wondering is my mom even gonna have it you know what's gonna go on here she cleans houses for a living she's been doing it since i was in kindergarten right um that's all she did but she held on she did everything she needed to um you know, and she worked it out. But wow. far as me... What a champ. Had a baby. Was a dad. I wasn't the best dad because I was just a young kid, you know. But um, did the best I could. You know, my daughter grew up thinking she had a lot of... You know, by then I had a lowrider. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I was in the low riding scene. Started my own little clique. We called ourselves the 40-ounce crew. <laughs> just different stuff that had rappers amongst us a lot of hot rodders low riders Uh. neighborhood kids from mountain view and um (laughs) you know so my daughter she was born and she grew up thinking that she had all these uncles i remember she used to say man i got a lot of family and everyone loved her yeah and it's all my guys that we did neighborhood things with and we had our own gang and then you know we were affiliated we fought against the rival gang members in a town of mountain view where you would never think that would happen. If you think about it, you think Google and Facebook mountain
0: view in my mind is like,
1: but it wasn't always like that. Like it's, it's what it is now, you know? And, um, even now there's not that much stuff out there. They're still out there. There's some active gang members there that are families that are still there, but most, most of everyone's gone because they just can't afford it. Yeah. (laughs) So Who, who, who can, yeah. So um got just got into that so we had our own little clique we were northerners and um sold drugs i got caught up doing that at a bigger level yeah. training people um recruiting gang members for upper upper um people in the affiliation and Whoa. got hit up to to just recruit and and bring people in in different cities I was told what areas I can go into and what I wow. could not go into. So you're setting up a network. I was setting up a network, a network of, um, and it was all for for the gang. Um, there was a like a corporate gang um, movement that that That's housed crazy. that housed, you know, people that are incarcerated that are you know. Huh. So part of the monies went to that, um, where I would go buy drugs the rival gang members were also buying drugs and i was supplying a lot of different cities um a lot of barrier rappers that <laughs> i grew up with listening to now i'm kind of rubbing elbows with and huh. uh, selling drugs with
0: and so you're just all over the bay now. Out. Right? yeah i'm
1: all over the bay picking Whoa. up in los baños making my coming back breaking it all up then i started saying i can't do all this by myself start bringing in some key players that my Whoa. friends and showing them how to do it kind of discipling them in that area it's basically what yeah. i was doing yeah and you're exercising a gift just it's a gift you know we're all the born other with way. them. just when you don't know what what you know at that point what was bad i looked at as good yeah. You know, and yeah. I just didn't know any better. I had scales over my eyes, so what I did for the neighborhood was Right. You know, in my neighborhood amongst my peers, I was the man. But as a Christian man looking back now, I was like just scum of the earth. I was just like, Wow, what was I doing? What was I thinking? Yeah. Would I ever want my kids around this? Man, would I allow this? You know, now I say those things, right? But yeah. Um you know it's part of the process so the process just got crazy i got addicted Uh, i used for years i did off and on jobs i worked i sold drugs uh became um became my best customer (laughs) yeah um sold i mean i i had a lot of money coming in but i was so doped up at times that i i never invested i never You know, I did things, I, uh, you know, I don't know, I just, I wasn't a good steward. Right. And um, just chaotic living, you know, I just spent as I went and always had great parties and stuff, but had a lot of connections that, that were huge that could have landed me in prison or dead. And um, yeah, I'm it,
0: surprised, like, did you experience any, like, violence or like near, i did like oh, i did we've been shot at
1: um <laughs> i had friends that ran drugs for me they got caught with my drugs that did time for me whoa and um bit the bullet and wrote it out wow and to me that was like wow these are loyal guys man i wouldn't i don't know if i could do that for somebody <laughs> i'm just being real and and i'm like i remember telling the one guy that did he did he got 10 but he he wrote out eight. Wow. And I was just like, How can you do that? And that was mine. And I remember yeah. talking to him on the phone, I was like, You don't you don't have to do this, man. You know? I'll turn myself in. No, man, I got this dude. I I had it. It was me. Wow. I got busted. I I got this. And I was like, whoa. I, it it always jolted my That's crazy. Manhood. Like, man, that, that dude's no joke. It served his time, got out. Uh, took a few years and he ended up going back but you know just just to know that he did that for me yeah blows me away
0: what a weird like flip side of like grace isn't yeah. it just like and, and i gave him
1: money i said i put money on his books yeah um man just never wow. understood it wow and i always looked at it and i still kept hustling i, I never really quite fit in because i was always Trying too hard, I don't know, but i I did l- develop this persona of a mean drug dealer, kind of gang memberish yeah. riding around in an Impala. I love low low riders, but you know <laughs> I had this this thing I had friends who were drug dealers in East Palo Alto, and they were known that many of them are murdered, you know huh. this particular family I, that I did business with they they're pretty much all gone mm-hmm. they were murdered. You know, it was during those, the '90s. You know, yeah. the the murder stuff, and and I always wondered how that went down. But I I was affiliated with a lot of those people. A lot of those people went down. Uh, we've talked about different stores and shops that were right. involved, and and uh, right. without mentioning names, it just you know it was a it was a scary time. But it was like if yeah we knew who we were, and I knew that I was always had my cars in there getting painted too, and Huh. Anyway, I said too much already. <laughs> but just knowing the grace that's always been on my life and, um, you know, being addicted and being a womanizer and being this thug, being this guy that my parents didn't raise because they raised me to be loving. Yeah. Were they all together? No, but there was always love. You know, love was always there just to a certain degree. It wasn't the... Right the full love that I that I was always searching for. You know what I mean? So long story short, I ended up getting caught up doing violent things and was facing all this time. I had anger management, probation. My life's coming to a whirlwind, all these different charges. and Ended yeah. up getting like, um, because of the chaos in my mind and my ex's drug addiction as well, we played this, You know, she didn't want me around so she could use my drugs. And so it became like this cat and mouse game of I'm going to call the cops on you. But I was violent in the sense of I didn't hit her, but I I was mean. Hmm. I was I carried myself like I was a scary dude, but I was just a big coward (laughs) (laughs) because I was a drug addict. So I pumped a lot of fear. And at that point, I was living this lie of this drug dealer. I mean, I I remember fighting people for five dollars just to prove a point to say you know you owe me and i had to carry that through because of this person i thought i was i wasn't raised to be that person it's just who i became and the lie so ended up getting all these charges uh some drug charges um under the influence drug charges all at once and i was facing like 15 years wow um got arrested uh there were they were trying to scare me, saying, like, if you fight this, this is what's going to happen. You can get even more time. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, what the heck? I got arrested. I'm in Elmwood. I'm in lockdown. I got all these people that know me from the streets that owe me. And they're like, here, man, we got something for you. Here's this. I don't want anything. I didn't want anything to do with. I didn't want anything to do with anyone. I was just no. at a place in my life. I had kids. Right. At this yeah. point, I had Victoria, Vanessa. And the twins. Wow. Like this is fast forwarding a few years. Just caught in my addiction. It went on for from the time I was like twenty deep until I'm like 28, 29,
0: 30. Wow, it's a solid decade.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I got saved. Well, I'll, I'll get to that. But don't give yeah. it away. Don't give it away. <laughs> so, so I'm I'm there, and and to me, this lifestyle that I'm living feels to me about six months wow so i go in i'm facing all this time my mind's chaotic i had at this particular time when i go to elmwood it was uh beginning of november 2000 2002 or three god i don't remember so i right i'm i'm in there just hurting yeah. and i'm facing this time i'm thinking about my kids i'm thinking about my broken relationship with my ex who is she with
0: elmwood is like a county
1: it's a county facility
0: Facility, it's a jail yeah, yeah. It's,
1: a, it's a jail there's main jail downtown and yeah. then there's the farm which is known as or, right. or elmwood where they had a lockdown and then they, they have a general population right yard. i that, was in that's, lockdown
0: that's before federal Right, like the next step from Elmwood is right. Sentencing I think back then
1: them. you could do up to two years. Right in county. Yeah, I think That's, it's longer now. <clears throat> yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. So, I was dealing with all this stuff, all these people that owed me from the streets. I had this reputation, so I'm like, I got to show that I'm strong, even here. I'm also right. coming down on drugs. Right. So I've already been a drug addict for a solid drug at it where I have like an eight ball, which is about three and a half grams a daily use, whether ingesting it through smoking or I never shot up or anything like that. But I, I, I did, I did, uh, you know, I did them not intravenously, but I, I smoked it or I snorted it however I could get it. Wow. But I needed it. And, um, it was so real because I had to have it. If I didn't have it, my body would get sick yeah um i didn't get you know i didn't just it's just something i went through i and it was kind of like i tell people that now and they're they were like how did you do that (laughs) and i did it and i and it was a hard thing to admit because it's a lot of drugs but i was so used to doing them right and they didn't even get me high anymore that's okay. where I was. It was just, it just in my system. It just kept you normal. It kept me normal. Wow. And so I would try to like do other things to bring me down, to get sleep, to Yeah. Um just to, you know, maintain. But I was my mind was a a wreck. Um as I look at it now and I've studied schizophrenia and all that, I was like pre schizophrenic huh. just from the drug <clears throat> abuse, just from the not eating properly not sleeping properly just just horrible stuff and you know i i've studied it extensively i've reached a lot of drug members and drug addicts and yeah i see it now and i'm like wow that was me so because of those things that i've gone through i'm able to as a man now I, i see people that are in that struggle so vividly like it's like god illuminates them for me wow he shows them to me and he says that's you and it's it's a trip because, I I get that twenty four seven and so I go to jail, I'm fighting this chaos in my mind, and there's this bald guy. He grew up in Vallejo. He sounds black. I think I told it to you like this too. Yeah. He sounded black. I was already confused enough. <laughs> I didn't want anything to do with any kind of like um, new friendships i was very closed i was very to myself i knew a lot of people in there yeah but wanted nothing to do with anyone all i could think about was my family getting out not doing all this time and changing whatever that was because i still had no idea um this guy was like hey man i just want to you know hey what's my name's this that and the other and he sounds black i'm like dude you don't look black though what and was he? He was like Pacific Islander. I didn't know if he was Tongan or Samoan. So he okay. ended up telling me he was Pacific Islander. Okay. But that he was adopted by a, a black family in Vallejo who raised him up and taught him about God. And man, that's where it started. I'm like, what? So <laughs> he goes, yeah, man, can I pray for you? You know, Jesus loves you, bro. And, woo, woo, woo. and I'm like, what? I go, look, dude, you're talking about, I go, man, I don't know what you're into, man, but it's just not. <laughs> You know, I'm still on this fake persona tip. I've been yeah. doing it so long. I've been acting this part for so long. That yeah. I, I fooled myself. I wasn't being warm. I wasn't being affectionate. I wasn't seeing anything good from this man other than you're bugging me right now. Hmm. And I wanted nothing to do with his Jesus. I wanted nothing to do with anything he was talking about the minute he started. It was just, I wanted, it was just. Was he a inmate? He was an inmate. Okay. So that's another thing. So He's not doing so outreach. He's he's in there with no. You. He's in there with me. So that's another thing. <laughs> you okay. see, I'm I'm I was in the world, man. I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. I didn't know anything godly. I was an altar boy in the Catholic Church. I did my CCD classes, but I never had a relationship with Jesus. So I'm like, if you're a Christian, why are you in here?
0: Yeah, it's not working, buddy.
1: <laughs> Your Christianity. Where's God now? Yeah. You know. So I'm just like what people say to me now you know and it's like right. where's your God now right you know who where's jesus well i don't see you're preaching jesus but i don't see jesus anywhere right i can't touch him i can't physically see him so this guy is just like look man i just want to pray for you and he goes on for know, three days huh. and uh just everywhere i see him at the kitchen chow hall <laughs> on the yard i'm like back then they, they had me on lockdown they put me back in in main population so we're on the yard i'm avoiding this dude hey bro what's up man jesus loves you bro and he's just i just didn't like him Huh. i didn't like him i didn't want and once he said jesus it was just another reason not to like him and um i didn't know why because hmm. i generally like everybody you know what i mean and I just didn't like the position in life I was in, the trouble I was facing. Yeah, you didn't you didn't need this. I just didn't need more yeah. issues. I got things I'm thinking about, huh. you know. I was like, who are you, dude, to tell me about the Lord? And I'm over here tripping. I don't <laughs> have time for that. You know, and i and that's the way my mind was. I just, I had bigger fish to fry. Yeah. My freedom, you know, who's with my lady? <laughs> that yeah, was, yeah. you know, who is she doing? You know, who... Did she, did she find my money? Did she find my drugs? Yeah. You know, a lot of these things because I had that kind of stuff all around the right. house buried, right. different stash spots because I was already getting keyed to the point that she was using wow. probably just as much as me. Even though I was burning her, I never brought it up because she was probably doing the same to me. And huh. it was just a vicious cycle that kind of needed to be gone from my life anyway yeah so it was all coming to a close i had put my kids in a christian school my twins there were three so let me back up a little bit i put them in there it was in los altos california
0: nice yeah
1: beautiful place (laughs) and uh it's a cdc lutheran church i don't know if i should give the name but anyway um it was an awesome place i wanted my kids to know god i was still doing my dirt huh. um, we we afforded to get them in there it was pretty costly yeah but i was so proud of them just to want to go and wanted them to know god i wanted them to, i always had that drive in me before that i didn't know why i didn't know why even though this guy was there telling me about the Lord in jail and I wanted nothing to do with him, I did want my kids to know about God. Yeah. So I put them in there and they're cute boy and a girl, Francisco and Isabella put them in there. And, um, they would come home singing songs of worship to me and I would huh. go pick them up. And the teacher was, uh, the director of the CDC program was an African lady from, I want to say she was from Nigeria. And, uh, Her name was, I won't tell you her name, but I don't know if she could tell that I was, you know, using or just seeing me roll up in my car, my lowrider. Assumed. Assumed maybe just the people sometimes I had with me and I'd leave them in the car while I went to go get the kids. And I don't know if she smelled things on me. I don't know. All I know is I was there to get my kids. I was just happy that they were there. So, they would be like wanting to show me around the school, and the lady would be like, you know, I'd be like trying to pick them up quick and go. Yeah. Because I didn't fit in there. I was a sore thumb there. (laughs) I was just different. And uh, so, all these people would stare at me, but I didn't care. I just was happy they were there. They would go sing worship songs to me, which I had no. I didn't know how to sing a worship song. I did yeah, know. Yeah, where how do you
0: where to, do you put that?
1: Right? That didn't fit with my hip hop and you know, my Mac Dre and my yeah. NWA and my Right. Metallica and whatever I was listening to. Too Korn, short, too short. <laughs> I listened to everything. Slayer. Oh um, gosh. It just didn't fit with my lifestyle. Yeah. So um but I was touched by it. And it was the beginning of my kids actually being a part of my um transformation because i i would watch them and it was like god showing me through them a lifestyle of true worship huh. they would just want to share with their dad what they learned and they would sing these songs man and, and there was a song it's for kids soon and very soon we're going to see the king yeah they would sing that song hallelujah and they were three years old man they're beautiful wow. and uh it would just inside i was just doing cartwheels yeah I was a mess and I just I was just tore up and I I needed a savior I needed a rescuer and I didn't know what was going on in me but it would break me and I would watch these two just beautiful as can be singing these songs then they taught their sister Victoria their older sister who I couldn't afford to put in there Hmm. Um, actually I think she went for a time but um, they all would start singing So I ended up going to jail. I'm in there. I'm thinking about all these different things. I'm thinking about Vanessa, who's now, you know, getting a little older. She's becoming a a young girl. She's my oldest. And I'm like, man, I got. Yeah. I know mom's using. I know that I was using extensively. And I know that I was doing dirt. I know the mom's doing dirt. Wow. I just wanted to keep my daughter safe, you know. And uh, we didn't have cell phones. So I couldn't just call the homies to watch out for my kids. I knew they would on their own. But um, it was yeah. just tough. Just, so a yeah. just a lot. Just a lot for a guy to go through mentally and uh, been used to a lifestyle of, of lies. <laughs> so this guy yeah. comes back around.
0: <laughs> the rock. And,
1: yeah, the rock, man. <laughs> and he's just relentless. Just, hey, man, I just want to tell you, bro, you know, God's been showing me this and God's been showing me. I'm like, dude. God needs to show you how to get out of here. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. have him show you how you need to get out of here. And then when you find that road, tell me. Yeah. But it. I was just not very nice to him. I right. said, look, man, me and Jesus got this thing. I don't mess with him. And I didn't say it in nice words. Yeah. And he don't mess with me. And I remember saying that to him. And I, I said it with curse words. And I said, look, I... I I know God, man. I was an altar boy and I brought that up, you know, my whole religiosity yeah. background. I yeah. took CDC. Did you take CCD classes? I took them. Huh. You know, I know about Palm Sunday, you know. Right. <laughs> so I'm I'm throwing this at him like, dude, just miss me with all this. And he's like, look, dude, you know, there's church, man. And I go, church? He goes, yeah, there's church service, man. It's tomorrow. And it's right here in that little building right there. It's the chapel. And he points it out. And I'm like, I'm by the phones. He's like, "Yeah, that building right there, man. Tomorrow." I said, "Tomorrow." I go, well, "You want me to go?" And he goes, "Yeah, I want you to go, man. Let's go. Let's go to church. I'll go with you, man. We'll sit together." Mm. And I came from a neighborhood where I always heard people that got out of prison saying, "In church, in jail or prison was, or the either you bought drugs or gay things happened." Yeah, and I'm like. <laughs> I wanted no... Part. I go, look, dude, I don't know what you're into, but I don't get down like that. And I just told him just like that. And he knew what I meant. Yeah. And I just wanted to clear the air. I didn't want him to think I was a certain way. And, yeah, yeah. You know, so I just didn't even... I didn't even go there with him. And um, uh, he goes, nah, man, it's not like that, bro. It's just church. I says, <laughs> okay. I said, you know what? I, I'll tell you what. I'll go, but I don't ever want to hear another word about Jesus. I don't want to know... I don't want you to pray for me I don't want I'll go But just I don't
0: Get you, you off my back
1: I just That was my That was my goal Yeah, that was, that was my goal huh. Just to get this guy away from me uh, And the nicest way I knew how Because honestly I wanted to fight him I wanted to like just regulate on him and yeah, And he was just I did admire that he was just always at me
0: Was he that but, way with everybody? Or no He just like picked
1: you I don't know He was sent to you he was sent to me and um, so the next day rolls around I'm avoiding this guy all day yeah. <laughs> yeah. from breakfast I didn't even go to breakfast that day I don't think uh, and it was at 4.30 in the morning and I didn't feel like getting up I just didn't do it And so then I seen him on the yard in the afternoon he's like hey bro we got church oh, all right. let's go now man let's go I'm like oh, alright let me get this done hmm. so it was like the slowest walk ever the <laughs> slowest it wasn't that far it goes yeah. from here to the street from your house. We're more about, what, 50 feet? Yeah,
0: if that. So we
1: went 100. back to the barracks. <laughs> got pen or something. I got something. And he followed me. We went over there. And as we're walking, this slow walk, I'm, I'm looking at all these people start to, from different corridors coming, kind wow. of all at the same time. Yeah. And it, I remember it vividly because it was different walks. It was whites blacks filipinos chinese just every every walk and they were starting to go to the same location which is kind of centrally located but it had different little pathways in elmwood they were all coming to the same place and i'm like oh they must serve food or something in here everybody's going to church (laughs) but i'm looking at all the different ethnicities which i thought was cool i was like wow that's that's weird for so then i'm making contact with people i sold drugs to on the street i'm like okay you i'm starting to see like familiar faces i'm like oh hey and i'm just like doing the head nod because i'm too cool to talk with you in this church line (laughs) yeah can't have it right you know um it was just something in me dying coming to a a death (laughs) Wow. and uh that's what it felt like it was horrible inside of me I was just anxiety it was fear it was anger <laughs> um man you name it every feeling I was sweating I was still coming down off of an eight ball a day habit man um days out of not doing anything people offering me things in there and I didn't even take it don't even know why I needed it <laughs> uh, but I didn't want anything um but I was physically, my stomach was tormented from the drugs. Just I was just going through it a lot. Coming down, withdrawing, Yeah. angry. My family was a mess. I felt bad because we were staying at my mom's at that time. What was I doing to her? Right just a lot of stuff there's a lot going on a lot man a lot convergence of stuff yeah you know a lot to the point of as i think back now there was times i thought about suicide but i I didn't do it because of the fact that i didn't want to hurt my mom yeah you know that's what kept me from doing it and i wouldn't want her to bury me you know what i mean yeah so that's what kept me from not going that road but um i thought it a lot and it's just the enemy you know As I look back now. So anyway, we're in this line. We get in, they open the doors finally, and we're sweating out there, and they're letting people in. It was November 6th is the day. Well, I'll get to that. So November 6th. It's November 6th. And uh, here I am in this line of this little chapel in Elmwood Correctional Facility. And I'm looking at all these people and I'm walking in. There's folding seats. There's this little preacher, old white man. And his. I, I gathered it was his wife because they were really close talking probably mm. about what they were going to sing, about what they were going to talk about. He goes, okay, everybody have a seat, have a seat, have a seat. So my my new buddy says, let's sit right here in the front, man.
0: I'm like, I just
1: pointed to the back like, no, nope. <laughs> I'm going to sit back there oh smoking section huh sinners row i'm like i have no idea what he's talking the about. smoking section ah. and so i'm like why is he talking but i say that now it's funny Cause, yeah cause, i get it and i say that and i'm like i yeah. still say that but it stuck out to me and i didn't it just nothing was funny to me there was no right. joy in my life there was just everything just a mess chaotic um suicidal mean angry uh, in need needed uh, sobriety I needed my family I needed redemption I needed all these things man And you you couldn't do any of it I couldn't do any of it on my own it's like nothing I was doing was right every relationship that I got into whether it was with women or drug friends was just not valuable Um, I couldn't, I just couldn't get it right, man.
2: Yeah.
1: And, uh, so I'm in there, and they start worshiping and I didn't know these songs. I didn't even know what kind of music it was. Um, I love music, but I couldn't get the rhythm. I couldn't clap to these songs. I was off beat. I tried a couple times. I just felt so embarrassed. Everybody at around me was clapping together simultaneously on beat. (laughs) people that you'd look at and say oh this guy has no rhythm they had rhythm man and i couldn't get it for the life and i'm i looked at myself as a person who man i you know i could thump a beat and keep it up and yeah but i couldn't gather it here i couldn't get it together just nothing was going right and then the preacher stops he goes okay the lord just showed me that you know someone's gonna hear this next song and when you hear this song I want you to lift up your arms and surrender to God. And this is like two songs in, which I didn't feel the two first songs yeah, at just all. Got here. I'm sweating like bullets, um, withdrawing bad, man. My stomach's twisting up. I'm like, am I going to have to run to the bathroom? What's yeah. going on? I'm, I'm sick. Dang. Um, didn't really want to see this preacher or his wife or these guys around me. Didn't care. But something would let me budge. And, and he starts to play this song real slow. And um, his wife looks at him. They smile at each other. And I was like, wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm vividly seeing all these things taking place. And they huh. start playing this song. And I, I, it sounded like something familiar. And I couldn't put a finger on it. And it's just like unfolding for me. Huh. And I didn't quite get it. And, um, as he started to play and they, they both got to sing and they started about to sing into the song. They said, soon and very soon we are going to see the King. And he was strumming the guitar and she was like on the keyboard soon and very soon. And it's like, I just, it was slow motion. Huh? It was like, God just, uh opened my eyes i looked up and i felt some joy i felt the hand of god just touch my heart like i'd never felt before i lifted up my arms because he said to yeah i didn't know what was taking place i never experienced anything like that and i just began to weep it just touched me so 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 strong and I, I always say it was like God just touched my heart with his finger and it broke me as a man and it birthed a new man huh. because in that moment, man, I, I broke, like I was weeping. I was broken. Yeah. All these guys were around me. I didn't cry in front of anyone. I had this persona in my own mind. Yeah. I just didn't do that. Yeah. And, um uh, the guy that I've been fearing now is next to me, and he's like put his hand on me, and I felt like he was trying to get people to come. And I just put my hand, my head back down, and I was weeping. I had boogers, and I'm just crying, crying ugly. man. I'm crying ugly. Yeah. Like I, I've never done this. It was like release. Whoa. And I just raised up my arms. The preacher started coming playing, and uh, they kind of circled me they 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 led me to the Lord. Um. I didn't sleep that night <laughs> i didn't I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, it was like what happened to me it was It was extreme huh. It was extreme at an extreme moment in my life, but there was nothing like it. I've never been high like that before huh. I've never there's no drug that can replace what I was on. There's nothing human that I've ever experienced that could touch me the way that happened. And I I can't put a finger on it, man. But it it broke my, it broke the shackles off my life. Yeah, And um, it literally brought me to my knees right where I was at. And and these men were all praying for me. It was kind of scary (laughs) because I never had that done i never seen it done in the catholic church i never seen any of that i i heard tongues and i had experienced tongues dropping the kids off at the cdc program where the director would start to pray for me but but she was african and so i thought it was her native tongue i came to find out that they were speaking in tongues and that's what she was doing but because of the accent that she had because she was darker i actually thought it was in her own native language right I come to realize that these men that prayed for me were doing the same thing. And I remember looking up at them and they were just praying in the spirit. And it was Mm. tongues. and It was the same thing she did. And I had no idea that every encounter that I was facing, God had orchestrated for that night Mm. for me to get um, saved. And uh, I gave my life to Christ that night, man. It was amazing. It was the most amazing, amazing thing I've ever experienced. And um, it didn't just miraculously change, though. Yeah. You know, I gave my life to Christ. I didn't sleep that night. I was on this new cloud. That brother was praying for me. I thanked him. I didn't even know why I was thanking him. But God does things in a way that when you know it's divine. And I didn't know. But I, in my spirit, I felt I felt joy. I hadn't felt joy in a long time. And I don't know what was going on. It was new to me. That hmm. love, that new feeling that I've never experienced was just new. And I um, didn't sleep that night. The guy was just sharing his faith with me and filling me and watering seed. And I was just absorbing it. From then on, I was attentive to what he had to say. Yeah. The very next morning... He shouted, uh, Jimenez, roll it up. And I'm like, roll it up. He's like, Hey bro, they're calling you. And I'm like, well, calling me? I go, I must have court. Cool.
0: Roll it up. Roll it up. Roll it up. Get like, your mat, get like your, your stuff. Your Let's go. bedding. Okay.
1: Get your bed, your mat. It was a mat, little flip mat, your yeah. your bedding and whatever belongings you had. And so I had gotten all these things from people. And uh he said, roll it up, man, you can get rid of all your stuff though. And I was like and he go, He looked at me, the guy that been ministering, goes, I'll take it. I'm like, okay, yeah, I bet you will. <laughs> and so I just gave him all my soups and all this stuff I had that people gave me that owed me money, and I didn't even want, but they just kept piling up. Yeah. And I had a lot of it. Just people owed me, and I didn't even remember the debts. I didn't want any debts. I didn't right. care about any debts. I just wanted to be out. I didn't want to be around a bunch of dudes locked up. I had women to tend to. I had a drug addiction to tend to. I had a family to look after, even though I was in that state. Mm. But my mind wasn't on being in jail around a bunch of dudes. And so I needed to get out. And they said, roll it up. They took me to this down this hallway. Then they took me on this little shuttle bus to the other side of Elmwood. I don't know why I didn't walk. It wasn't that far. <laughs> but... They put me in a room it said OR, big old letters said O R. And I'm there for a while and I'm like, hey, what's going on? Am I going to court? You know, what's going on? I haven't gone to court yet. You Outtake?
0: Know. Or is it out?
1: No, it's um own recognizance. <laughs> own rec OR.
0: Own own recognizance. Okay. Yeah.
1: So it's I'm code. like what does this mean? Legal code. Yeah. And then the officer says, You're being OR'd. I'm Yeah, C-O-R. What does that mean? Thanks. It means own recognizance. (laughs) I still don't know what that means. I'm not, you know, I'm pretty smart. But at this point in my life, I've been addicted for a long time. I didn't know what it meant. I just didn't want to ask again. You know, I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, all right. (laughs) But I see my bag, my belongings, my personal clothes. I had their outfit on, an orange suit and my green underwear and my brown <laughs> flip-flops
0: they wear stripes now yeah i seen <laughs> that gonna, i seen funny. that they went back to stripes that's crazy yeah
1: so i see my bag and i'm like well, what why do you have my bag out what's that about i get dressed in my normal clothes for court oh this man you're not going to court you're being oard go, okay oard <laughs> i couldn't take it anymore <laughs> what is or because you're being released on your own recognizance My own recognizance. I'm like, were they in that church? (laughs) I didn't know (laughs) what that meant. But all I know is I'm being freed. Yeah. I'm being released. That's all that mattered to me. That's all I heard. I didn't know where I was going. Didn't know if I had probation. Didn't know if I had court. I was like, what's going on? Yeah. The night before was amazing. Now I'm being O.R. So I got released. How? I have no idea. I still don't know. <laughs> what? I still don't know. What I know is this. Every charge prior to that. Yeah. Because I, I went home. Okay. Met with my ex. She took me to Jack in the Box. We got some food. Went home. Did the hanky-panky because that's what guys did back then. Yeah. Um, that was my release from anything I was physically going through. And I didn't know any better. So that's what we did. Okay. But then she sat up and said, leave me alone. And I was like, I've been clean now for a few days. Wanted to get high, too, when I got out. Yeah. But something in the back of my mind kept saying, nope. you just did this thing with God. Huh. And, and I didn't do it. I had a lot of drugs. Yeah. She didn't know. But I remember her running out after we did all this stuff. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? And I'm like, I can't get any charges on me. Yeah. and I was like are you trying to get me in trouble? And I was kind of fearful, very fearful of going back. Right. I didn't want to be back in there. Yeah. I wanted to be free. And um, I had bought her a a Volvo wagon, pretty nice car. Um, Had the license plate made for her. um, Had the title to the car. Everything was a nice wagon, Volvo wagon. Those were cool back then. And they didn't (laughs) pull you over in them. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, you look like a safe, upstanding citizen. Right, yeah.
1: So, in my mind, you know, I had all these ideas. So, she ran out, and I'm like, I don't know what made me. I just got a bunch of drugs, I got a bunch of money. I said, Look, I had four kids with her. I don't know what you're going through, man, but you ain't got to do what you're trying to do. I said, Here's this, here's that, here's the title of your car, here's your keys. Just go just go I don't know what made me do it because I wasn't that kind of guy I was very needy huh. you know I didn't want I wasn't that easy to get rid of I was very difficult at times I was young in the in the mindset I was still 17 in my mind but I was 31 right um, but I just knew I didn't want to go back and there was nothing that was going to make me go back I wasn't going to have it it was either that or I was going to die trying to stay out Wow. And so I just told her to go. I stayed with the four kids and I didn't see her for a long time. She left. Wow. She left. And the next day I was like I got to get out of my mom's house. I had to get a meeting with my my the people I did business with to let them know I was going to stop doing what I was doing. I didn't know what I was doing anymore, wow. but I needed to be a dad. And so this kind of talk in it's a, the, in it's a busy week. Man. It's a busy week, but I had to get this all done. Like something urged me to get all this stuff done in days, but it wasn't my own strength anymore. It wasn't my own strength. The, the Bible says that there's warring angels with you, and and I believe that because I was doing things that I never would have done. Yeah not even high <laughs> you know and i I couldn't muster the strength to do it before wow. and i just didn't understand what was taking place i just knew that there was something new in me a new fire a new there's a new thing going on here i had the power to get get her out of the house where she was like my kryptonite you know mm. yep and um not that she was evil it was me that was evil the whole time it's just I had such control even on her that it made her do things that were ungodly, right? So she left. The next day, I'm like, I got to get out of here. Found this shelter for families because every other shelter was for women and their children. I have now four kids, no job, fresh off drugs. Can't go back to the lifestyle I'm used to of selling things. Wow. I need to... um, figure something out I can't stay in my mama's house she's confused she's not understanding why I was in jail I didn't really want to go through all that yeah I knew I heard her but I knew I needed to get up out of there right and um I called Sobrado Family Living Center in Santa Clara it's a shelter for families they said oh we're closed I go well, well where are you located oh we're on Lafayette but we're, we're not opening we're not taking new families I go look this is my situation yeah I'm homeless, I have four kids We're going to be in our car As of tonight I don't know, I just got off drugs I need help I don't Uh. want to lose my kids, don't want them on the streets What do I do? I need to talk to someone now I never would have done that On my own, ever Ever Never would have asked for help, never But there was something new happening Um, She says Well can you come down right now? I'll talk to you. I said, yeah, got the address, went down there, Santa Clara, right off of Lafayette, and, uh, Mm -hmm. River Oaks, River, River Oaks Parkway. And, uh, went over there, found the place, walked in, with the kids, told them, look sad, guys, look sad. (laughs) I did. I remember, just because that's, that's who I was, you know, and, um, did that, and, um, man it's hot so yeah I know we
0: can't run this AC otherwise oh yeah it sounds like we're in a hurricane over here.
1: so I went in there and I I pleaded with her that I needed a change she goes well let me talk to my supervisor her name was Carmen nice lady Uh, I sat there sweating bullets kind of like I'm doing (laughs) yeah but didn't understand what was going on and uh, what happened was she came back in she says look there's this unit it's like a emergency unit i said okay i got a little time she goes we're gonna give you 90 days whoa What? fully furnished apartment two bedroom i'm like what
0: i thought you were closed
1: (laughs) that's what i said it's you know it opened the door and uh uh, went through their little process signed up tested for them Uh, i was clean i wanted to use so bad yeah i was getting rid of things i uh, had that meeting with my friends that i needed to get rid of stuff too also had a bunch of guns and there was just always this officer that used to get me out of trouble when i'd get pulled over in mountain view which was a lot because the mountain view pd didn't like me they knew you they knew me they, they, they wanted to bust me they wanted a reason they he would,
0: for, look for that impala yeah
1: yeah he would always uh show up he'd hear my name show up mm Oh, I got a guys. You know, he was the gang task force guy. Right. Officer Eckdale. And uh, he uh, he got me out of a lot of trouble. There was times he took weapons from my car. Don't know what he did with them. Huh. Don't even care. But. Uh,
0: Probably in his basement.
1: <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, I just needed him gone. And, yeah. you know, God sent an angel. But I knew who I could call. This yeah. is years later. I've known him since I was in high school. Huh. This is years later now. I'm 31. But to me, it was the next day. Yeah. It didn't seem like I was 31. Right. I was a mess. I was still an adolescent in my thinking, and my mind. I was fresh off drugs, but there was something new taking place. And um, got my weapons together. I said, I need to get rid of this. They had just done that gun buyback or exchange. They were given, like, gift cards or something. Right. They had just closed it. He said, "Oh, that's over." I go, look, man, I, I, I just want to tell you, I, I just became a Christian." He goes, "What? You're a Christian?" <laughs> and I'm
0: "You?" Like, yeah,
1: I didn't know, <laughs> but it makes sense now as I look back. He was a Christian the whole time, helping people, yeah. and uh, just always looking out for people. And uh, he did that for me. And he goes, "Well, good for you, man. It's a blessing to hear that." He goes, "Bring your stuff down." He goes, "But you know, we, we're not friends. You just asked for me at the desk and." I'll come in there and retrieve everything you need. You have. I said, all right. So I remember getting this loves diaper box or Huggies or it was one of the <laughs> big old long box. I yeah. stuck some AK 47s clips, wow. everything loaded in there, sticking out heavy <laughs> like, like a cartoon. It was ridiculous, oh. but I wanted these things gone. Yeah. And I don't know what was driving me to get rid of them. I don't know why I didn't sell them. I could have made a lot of money on them. Mm. Uh, I had, I had a lot of guns. Yeah. I didn't show my guns off to friends. I didn't, I always had them hidden. I never pulled them out. I was always taught that you never pull those out unless you're going to use them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I never pulled them out. I never brandished them. We were at parties when things broke off. I never pulled them out, but I always had one. Mm. And I'm just grateful that I never used it and harmed anyone. Yeah. Because I was living a, a, a crazy lifestyle. But, it was uh, right there. Yeah. I was. Anything could happen. Yeah. Um, I'd been shot at, at parties. Um, yeah. Watched guys get stabbed right in front of me. You know, I've seen a lot of stuff that, I don't know, somebody's watching out. And I just, I'm just i just so grateful. But I turned all those guns in. I get into the police department. I said, I'm here to see uh, Mike Eckdale and whoop, whoop, whoop. The secretary's there. She's like, well, what's what's in the box? And I'm like, I'm nervous. I'm <laughs> no, like, can you just get him? He's expecting yeah, me. I'm, just get him. <laughs> can you just get him, please? Call him. Well, what's in the box, she says. And I'm backing away from the box. I left the box on the counter because I don't want to go to jail. Yeah. I go, well, look, they're weapons, but he knows about them. I'm bringing them, surrendering them to him. He knows about them. Can you please call him? Yeah. She texted him, but she goes, well, there's no, he's not getting back to me. So just hang tight. She goes, but I'm going to need to say ID. And and I'm like, oh, man, here we go. Yeah. So right before that, I went to the adult probation because I had a probation officer. Yeah. He says, you're not on my caseload anymore. He's oh, And as a matter of fact, you're not even in the system. I go, what do you mean I'm not? In the you're not on probation at all, he says. What? And I'm like, dude, I get pulled over in the city of Mountain View over and over again, time and time again. Yeah. How- I need you to write that down. He goes, I can't do that for you. I go, please do that for me. I'm asking you. I, I, I just did these changes in jail. I just got out. I need to get something. Staying, I'm not on probation, and I don't have any anger management or any kind of violence classes to attend. He goes, all right, I'll do it for you. He did that. Then I went and did the gun thing. So all this stuff is in days yeah, of being so released. Fast. fast. Wow. So I did everything like that. I got a place. I got released. I got a place. I turned in my guns. I met with the homies. Broke it off with them. They said, do your thing. Just don't come back to this life, man. Just do your thing. Be a dad.
0: They just like... It was su- It was super released cool. Released
1: you. It was super cool. So They never weird. had a hold on me. They just... The that's, way- that's weird too, though. It's weird. Because you
0: knew things. Like, I, that's
1: the most dangerous thing to have is knowledge I kn- about. I knew things. I still know things. Yeah. And... and and they just—they just like, okay, go, don't come back. Don't come back. Weird. It was very weird. This whole thing is crazy. It's crazy. Ed, this is. Not- Listen. Then I went to. <laughs> oh man, that got so. It's so fast though. So then. Oh God, where was I? I turned in the guns. I turned in the guns. I go get my place after that. Then I'm still attached to Mountain View. There's this bondage between me and the city. I wanted to see my friends, but I didn't want to see my friends. Yeah. I wanted to call those women that I was fornicating with and doing things with, yeah. but I didn't want to. Yeah, I wanted to be around my kids. All that right. was a driving force. So I was like, okay, what am I going to do to better my life? Get a minivan. Got van. a place. <laughs> yeah, minivan. Yeah. <laughs> Another wagon. Lower it though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a suburban too. Okay, but um, ended up, ended up going to Mountain View Adult Education. And I said, I'm going to get my high school. I dropped out. Huh. So I started she just talked me GD. into taking... Yeah, she goes, take the GD yeah. or the prelim for your high school. She goes, we'll, we'll see what, how you test. And my test came, came back like second year university score levels. And I'm like, what? Street smarts. I don't even know. I was just <laughs> fresh off drugs and I had been using for years. Wow. I was really scared about what it was going to reveal. Yeah, I was going to have to start taking math and English right. and I was just not looking forward to it. I wasn't a good student, like I had said. Right. And so I was just like fearful. And she goes, you know what? You're ready to take the SAT. I think you just need to brush up for a couple of days on your math and you'll be all right to take it. And I go, what? <laughs> and I'm blown away. This is a week later. Yeah. After I got into my place, I came back to Mountain View and just came for the school. So I did that for two weeks two weeks then I test it she goes you know what um, you have to write a 500 word essay I said okay she goes well you just told me you just uh, experienced something salvation I want you to write about it I wrote it I hadn't written in years so the first 500 you- <laughs> words to me was
0: that's a mile <laughs>
1: ridiculous um, to Just for my mind to process before I put it on paper. Uh, I was scared to death about writing it. Didn't even know what I was saying. It was the same story I'm telling you. But in a shorter version, right? Yeah. Um, Put it on paper. What happened to me in Elmwood. What I'd been doing. Turned it in. She says, you know, somebody read your story. We're going to print it. They printed it in some... Newsletter for Mountain View Adult Education. Huh. Um, some grantor gave a scholarship. 5,000 bucks. And uh, said that I could get that. They said, we loved your paper. They submitted it. She asked me if for permission. She submitted it. A week later, she says, you won. You won. She said, you won, and um, basically, I got the scholarship for $5,000, and they asked me what I wanted to do for a career. That's crazy. It is crazy. And so I said, I I wanted to be a truck driver, (laughs) and I wanted my class A, because my ex had an uncle who worked at the DMV, and he was getting everybody licenses. you just pay him the money, and he would just zip you through the line, take your picture, and boom, done. It's a so, good, that's a good guy to know. He was awesome. He did it for so many of my friends, but I never got mine through him. Okay. I'm like, why didn't I do it? So he's now working for a different place. He left the DMV after years. Um, he even hooked up different people I know that I sent huh. to get their commercial licenses. And I never did that. So I had to go find a school that would take me and my illiterate self. Yeah. Because <laughs> I felt like that. I felt very... Um, unworthy and i wasn't yeah. ready yeah but uh you know it was timing everything was timing and uh the fight that was in me now to be different and to do different things was never in me before but i was clean yeah so that sobriety the new life in christ he put a christian guy that just met me randomly that opened up his bible i remember he was there Uh, right when I got out and he came over, he goes, Hey man, let me pray with you. And he opened the Bible. And to me, that was just weird Hmm. just to do that now. Not so much, (laughs) but in (laughs) that moment, it was just like, Hey man, put that down. People are going to see you (laughs) put that away. Like it was a weapon. Like it was just, it is. And it it is a (laughs) weapon. Right. (laughs) But to me, it was like, Hey man, don't let nobody see you doing that man around here. Right. (laughs) Don't you know who I am? You know, right? Yeah. I had this You still still got that image. Stinking thinking, right? Yep. And um just didn't know what was going on. But the person who gave me the scholarship, they they said find a school that would take you. Every school was like six grand, five grand or something like that. Right. Um I found a school, they were eight grand in Oakland, really close to our Oakland branch too, right around the corner. Okay. It was called Precision Truck Driving School. I don't even think it exists anymore. I haven't heard of it, now. So I went to them in Oakland. Um, I said, look, man, I know how to drive. He goes, you know how to drive? I go, yeah. And I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, I heard how you drove. That, yeah. The little Suzuki guy. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I go, yeah, I could drive. He goes, Okay. Let me see how you do, and then I'll base your fee on that. I said, Because look, this is the situation. I went to adult school, they gave me this scholarship for five grand. And I go, But I want to see if you guys can charge me more, like lesser than that. And you know, I wasn't trying to hustle the guy, I was just like trying to make sure it wasn't the eight grand they were asking for. Yeah. Um, So I test drove with him. He goes, I'm the (laughs) owner of the company. He goes, "Uh, You drive pretty good. Took me around Oakland. Or right around Hagenberger, uh-huh. uh, that frontage Road right there. Yep. Just right behind there because it was in that school. Um, it was crazy. But he goes, I'm going to charge you 2500 I go, what? 2500 He goes, yeah. I think you'll pass. I'm just going to show you the walk around and all that stuff. Yeah, right?" Mem- memorize the all script. That stuff. Yeah. It's a script. Right. Basically, they gave me a script. Yeah. And so I learned it. Two weeks later, I cut my class A. They fronted me everything. He goes, go get your permit. He cut me a check right then when I met him. Oh. He goes, I'll accept you. You just have to sign this contract. He gave me a check for the DMV. I went over the bridge to the DMV by yep. right there in Oakland. I didn't even know where it was until that day. Yeah, Went over there, paid the lady. Precision Truck Driving School paid for my permit. I came back, showed him the receipt, gave him the receipt. He goes, keep your copy, but give me the receipt. He goes, and then come back and start taking the classes uh, next Wednesday. I said, okay, cool. I haven't paid him a dime yet. Huh. He fronted me the money. I go back. I told him I found a school. They paid for my permit, so huh. they're gonna need their check. They go, okay. Well, the the amount's five grand. I go, okay, and about that. She goes. I go. They're charging me twenty five. She goes, well, you just work it out with them. I go, what do you mean? She goes, it's five thousand. Work it out with them. I go, but they're charging me twenty-five, so the grant tour, you know, you can give it to someone else that might need it. Huh. She goes, no, work it out with him.
0: Okay, here's your check. Yeah,
1: here's your check. I go back. I go, this is the situation. I know you told me twenty-five. The checks for five grand. He goes, okay, that's cool. I'll pay you the difference. I'm like What? What trucking school is this? Precision truck driving school.
0: Dang. man the one I went to would say, Oh, in that case
1: Yeah.
0: Let's make it fun.
1: Right. What what year was this? Uh this is two thousand three. Two thousand two, two thousand three. That's crazy.
0: Then, no, so we got our trucking license the same year. That's what I that's when I got mine and it was oh three. Really? Know? Yeah i went to a1 trucking
1: i almost went to them i just couldn't understand i called like three of them i didn't understand any of them i'm like there's no way i'm gonna learn Uh. from them and this guy was a mexican guy and a tall white guy and he uh i could understand them (laughs) so i got my then they had okay then this is what's even funnier i'll go so when do i go get my test because you're ready to take it like a week later i go really he goes. Now you only get three tries. I'm on three tries. I says, okay. He, I, I memorized the script. I did that. I had all this knowledge and absorption power. All of a sudden, that I didn't have. <laughs> Supercharged. I'm, I'm still weeks out of being in jail. Yeah. Out of being a drug addict. Yeah. I had to find a sitter for my kids to go do this class. It was insane. I had no job. Needed gas money. At that point, my mom didn't want to give me no money. She didn't trust me. I hmm. she had no reason to. I had no money because I I wasn't making any money. I didn't know. How, I, I don't even know how I was making it. Wow. All I know is that I had a place. I got my GD stuff situated. I got truck school situated. Yeah. All within weeks of my transformation. That's incredible. Of giving my life to the Lord. No probation.
0: Yeah. All this that's stuff. The cra- that's the great. That's the part I don't understand. You You released everything, for no reason?
1: Everything. I had hundreds of anger management classes to, to attend before I went to jail. All that was gone from my record. And still, to this day, gone.
0: Doesn't make sense.
1: It don't need to. I already know what happened. Yeah. The minute I gave my life to the Lord, he, he, he opened up that cell and set He's, me free. He moved things. He moved things. I had already talked to a DA that was... Throwing the book at me. Yeah. And told me that if I fight it, I would get all this time. Yeah. And
0: they were eager to give it to you.
1: They were. They wanted yeah. me to sign off on it.
0: It was time. Yeah. You, you were going to get yours, right? I was going to get mine. Wow.
1: And, um, you know, the Lord had other plans, man. And he started speeding my life up to being a dad, to being saved, to having a career, to setting me up to, to, uh, win, you know? And, uh. It was amazing, man. It was just something I can't, I can't, I can't even explain it. So much stuff happened. That's incredible. And even friends that I did sales with, they, they found out I was going to church. And I remember bumping into one, and he says, "Well, we've been selling drugs since we were kids." Huh. He's my best, my oldest friend in Palo Alto, and uh, he was like. I know you're hustling. He, he's a blood. And he'd be like, I know you're hustling blood. You know, that's what he, that's what he called. It. I go, call yeah. he goes, you're selling to the church people. Is that what you're doing? Oh, he, he thought goes, you found a new angle. He thought I was in that church house. And I said, man, I would never do that. What are you talking about, man? Oh, and I'm yeah. like, that's... I just didn't get it. So I fell into this <laughs> church where I was just like, I was just by myself, me and the kids. Yeah. And uh, ser- I was searching for God. I didn't belong to any particular church but nobody really approached me i was going to spiritual warfare classes that they had there i was feeding myself Hmm. feeding and feeding and feeding didn't know where it was going but i got my license the dmv came to the school her name was wilhelmina the dmv operator (laughs) and i was so nervous to take the driving test with her yeah and i was telling her how I was just blessed that all this stuff had just happened. I kind of shared with her what had happened, how I was fresh off drugs. She goes, oh my God, she was a believer. And she goes, well, look, honey, just drive and talk. Yeah. And she goes, and I'll tell you where to go, but you just keep talking.
0: That's what they told me. And I go, it makes you more comfortable. And I go, okay. You're flowing.
1: And so I kept talking. And I told her my story. She was moved. (laughs) She was like, she had me go up a big hill just past the DMV, big old hill. And I'm like, oh, I remember looking at this hill like, wow, <laughs> this is a hill. And I, I made it. I uh, told her about how God, God had transformed me and I didn't know what, what was going on. She says, I know what's going on. Yeah. She goes, you got saved and God's favors on your life. And I says, man, she goes, pull back in the yard. We get back over there. She goes, well. I got good news and bad news. I'm like, oh, okay, well, what's the good news? <laughs> she goes, you sure you don't want the bad news first? I'm like, all right, give me the bad news. She goes, well, the bad <laughs> news is this trip is over. Eh. I go, oh, man. She goes, because I really want to hear more of your story. Wow. And I go, oh, okay, so I smile, and she gives me a big old hug. She goes, you know what? Your story's good. Um but you've passed, you have your Class A license. She gave me a little paper. She goes, go take your picture at the DMV. It was it was different.
2: Huh.
1: I go, wow, man. Weeks after my salvation, I got housed. I'm a father. I broke it off from my gang affiliations and my drug affiliations and God's separating me. He's given me a future and a hope like Jeremiah 29 yeah. says. He says, "I'll give you a future and a hope." We just did that
0: verse for the kids at resonate. It's
1: it's amazing, and and all these scriptures come now, and I'm like, "That was
0: me." You have somewhere to put them, yeah.
1: And you know, I didn't know the Bible, I didn't know how to read well. I had my new Bible was a New King James, so hard for me to read. Now, (laughs) now I'm so blessed with the message. Yeah, with the New Living Translation, with the NIV. My favorite is the Message. I love. I,
0: I love looking at. You pick a verse and yeah. you just go all every translation. Yeah. If you look at all of them on one time, Bible dot whatever. Yeah, yeah. and so
1: when you do that, when I study now, I'll yeah. do that. I'll get a and, but, and God will illuminate. Yeah, more for me when I'm when I'm in His Word, He'll He'll just lead me down because I do the same thing, and it just it just opens up and it feeds me.
0: You know, something amazing about this what I've just listened to here mm-hmm. is. it's it's stories like yours and and a lot of ways mine too that really solidify in my mind that god is the one who saves i think i think anyone who thinks like oh i just i came to an understanding or i'm i'm just so wise or i'm so talented and so blessed that that i just got it you know i figured Christianity out, and I decided right. I'm gonna follow. I, I don't buy that for a second. Because because that's I mean, pride. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah. How how many works? Yeah. Does it take to save you? Because mm. people say, oh, I'm not saved by works." Well, except for that first one, because I was just smart enough to get it. You know
1: that that yeah. was the maybe just one work.
0: Yeah. Not yours. You you didn't know what was going on.
1: I didn't know what was. It was so f- everything was new.
0: I felt the same way too. Yeah, I, I I tell the story. It was over breakfast.
1: Wow. You know, yeah, somebody
0: know. somebody says a, a few words to me, and and for some reason, I went to breakfast thinking Jesus was not real. Christians are crazy. The Bible's better for kindling than reading. Yeah. Right. And I walk out of the restaurant like, wow, I I kind of want Jesus to be God. I'm like that, that's impossible. Wow. And then you've just got one impossible thing after another
1: and so fast and it was that's the that's crazy the within a month yeah i was licensed yeah i was set free yeah i was in every way really relocated i broke every affiliation that was evil it's a change it was drastic i didn't i didn't even see my ex i didn't want to see my ex because like i said she was like a weakness to me and we we were unhealthy together yeah it wasn't great it wasn't and uh I knew that I would use. I knew that I would be what I knew to be around her. Yeah. And it just wasn't healthy for her. It wasn't for the kids. It wasn't for me. Dang. And it was just because it was just chaotic, you know. But um, he so, had different plans. So I want to...
0: We're, we're going to have to fast forward. I want to hear okay. I wanna hear more. I might have to have you back at some point. Okay. But we just hit the two-hour, like, 15, 20-minute <laughs> really? mark. Yeah.
1: Wow. But that, I want to... That's because of this... Amino acids it's the, and yeah, the, ultra the, COQ10s. The BCAs. Oh, BCAs. I don't know. What does that stand for?
0: Uh, branch chain amino acid. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. All
1: I know is Good. they work. I, I got a friend,
0: uh, Yvonne, always makes fun of my random knowledge on useless <laughs> things like that. Like, That's I'm, funny that I'm you said it. It. I was
1: just sharing that with her. I know so many things. I was sharing with my wife and her friends. Check this out real quick. Yeah. This is so off-key.
0: That's good. I'm I'm good with rabbit trails. I don't even
1: know why I shared this with her and her friends, because there was babies there. Yeah. I said, "Did you know that if you were to die, and you left your baby to my wife, just saying hypothetically, that my wife could then induce milk to feed your baby, because God created, (laughs) God created them like that." I've heard that. And the thing is, is like, I don't know if you've ever heard this about women, but when they're together, their menstrual cycles key together. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing with milk. So if they hang around with, like if my wife and her best friend have a baby or if her best friend has a baby and she's hanging out with her. Yeah. She (laughs) will start to get the milk flow.
0: It's a hormonal thing. Yeah. It's
1: a hormonal thing. And it's amazing. (laughs) I don't know how I know this, but I know this. Just random knowledge. And I just shared that with them the other night. It was funny.
0: I got, uh, I got another one. I'll tell you later. All right, sorry. (laughs) Not, maybe not the time. Um, so take me. I mean, so take me more to to kind of like who you are now. Okay. Like describe for me what what church is like because I know you go to one. Yes. I know you're you're kind of involved in leadership Mm -hmm. roles Mm -hmm. there. You Mm -hmm. teach people. You I do. Lead like. This is this is a drastically different guy, yeah. Than there than there was in two thousand two or whatever.
1: Yeah. So now, um, because of the things I've gone through in life, I've always had this um, gift of talking and, and reaching people. Yeah. God brings me these people, and it's funny because, you know, it's as I look at it now, God only puts you around people that are just like you. Mm. He puts you around people that are just like you. Not for you to be better than them. But to help them become different. Yeah. You know, he he wants Access. You. Yeah, access. Access. Discernment. Um I'm able to see a drug addict. I've come to people. But anyway, who I am now is I go to New Harvest Christian Fellowship. Um not a licensed minister, but I'm an ambassador. Yeah, for Christ you know yeah. what I mean uh, um, I get to share God's word to different I get to share to the youth so we're with the 12 to 18 year olds
0: that's I, right you're doing student yeah ministry yeah. yeah
1: so I did that started with Bill Wilson I knew that man this is where I'm supposed to be yeah. I get to work with a, a small we're a small church but a powerful church you know there's strength in numbers too but you know right now we're growing and yeah. um, God's good man I'm in the marriage ministry I run the ushers ministry at my church um, <laughs> it's good I ran it for a while then I uh, I kind of handed it off and it kind of went sour a little bit so I'm back on it mm. to redevelop it restrengthen it rebuild it um, a lot of unity taking place in my church where I see people God's showing me different giftings in people yeah. and so I'm trying to work with them cultivating my gift of bringing those gifts out to yeah um, in other people so that it's just not me, but um, letting God use me differently. So I get to do that. Um, whatever my pastor asked me to do, I do it. Um, you know, they say that, you know, there's a shepherd for every person. And obedience is better than sacrifice. So <laughs> I'm obedient to where I'm at, to the ministry where I belong. I, of course, I belong to Jesus. Yeah. But um, I serve and I have a pastor um, who... who loves me who builds me up edifies me corrects me uh rebukes me but uh, i do understand that you know it's for my own good yeah and so because i have that openness with him i'm able to to take a rebuke Mm. there's times if i would have gotten rebuked i would have just left yeah you know but yeah thankfully i see the bigger picture and the bigger picture is about my family and other souls and what God wants to do through me where I'm at. And so I get to minister. This Sunday I get to minister, which I'm so privileged. Are you speaking? Yeah. All right. So um What
0: are you talking about?
1: It's it's on unity and it's about um just building up people and being keeping it real. Yeah. And not so much speaking Christianese how we tend to do because I've done it for years too even as yeah. a Christian. Yeah, And I'm on a new thing with God that he's just rekindling my fire with him yeah. to be more real and more areas of marriage, yeah. of real men's struggles yeah. with other men that are struggling that I see. And so just sharing and imparting what I've gone through to help people and to build that, you know, that it's not just in the church house. We don't just meet Wednesdays and Sundays, but. The word is koinonia, right? It's fellowship. Yeah. And that fellowship needs to take place in the community, in the in our homes, in our workplace. Um, wherever we're at, you know, the Bible says we're two or more gathered in his name. There he is in the midst, right? So wherever I go, God's with me. Yeah. It's me and him and the Holy Ghost, right? So it's it's three of us. Yeah. He's he's there. Right? <laughs> So I always look at it like that. Wherever I'm going, I'm taking God. I'm not saying I'm holier than now. I'm a man just like anybody else. But I don't hide my flaws. If I'm really going through something, I try to share that so people can see the relatable ed.
0: Dude, that that authenticity earns you so much with people. Yeah. They prefer that over the fake smile. I've been
1: the fake Christian. Yeah. I've been that guy. Not because I wanted to be that guy. You become that guy if if we become complacent, even in Christ. If we don't stay hungry, just like that guy, the beer commercial guy, stay thirsty, my friends. Stay
0: thirsty, my friends. (laughs) Yes. The most interesting man alive. The most
1: interesting (laughs) man. But, you know, it's so much truth in that. And I live by this motto, and the motto is this, feed what you want to live, starve what you want to die. Yeah. You know, in my past life, I wanted so many things to die, and they did. But I had to choke them out. I had to starve them, and I had to feed the spiritual things. Yep. And so that's where I'm at now. I, I work with men, with youth. Now uh, we got to teach, me and my wife got to teach the marriage ministry. I was so blessed because I came in, um, we studied together, which was fun. Mm. Um, my wife said a woman's prayer thing. Woman, it's wow. Woman, Women, warriors, warriors of war.
0: I forgot. Women of war?
1: Women of war.
0: Yeah. Yes. That's, that's catchy we should we yeah. should put that together cuz you so you've since remarried yes and had like a million more kids right okay <laughs> yeah this is a long one huh that's a huge chunk i think we yeah we skipped over that but we
1: did i was getting there yeah cuz this is where i met i met her at the shelter where i went so that's actually a good part, the, too
0: the 90 day mhm so you're in there so you met your wife in the midst of all that also yep whoa
1: yeah man this is a part two. 'Cause that this is where it gets really interesting. It's awesome. Gosh. And and you know, the Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing yeah. and favor from the Lord. And truly, man, I'm in that blessing time. Yeah. I'm in the um you know, I the Bible says you reap what you so you reap what you sow. I sowed good seeds for a long time. I'm just start starting to see it blossom, just starting to sprout. And it took a lot of tears, a lot of faithfulness, a lot of loyalty to God. So if if anyone's out there that that could relate to anything to hold on to that can drastically change them is hold on to God no matter where you're at. Hmm. Um, Whatever you know God to be, cling to it, you know, strive for it, feed it. Seek. Seek. Ask. Yeah. Knock. It's a, what's he say? If You, you have not because you have not asked. Yeah. You know, ask for those things, even if they sound crazy. God loves communication. <laughs> you know, he does. Yeah. And he's listening because he answered my prayers. He saved me. You know, and uh, I'm so grateful. You know, I got these two kids knocked out. Well, one's knocked out. Yeah. She's one's still there. Still, oh, she's on the phone. Still going. Yeah. And he's, he's a blessing, too. You got to hear his story. He wasn't supposed to make it oh man i got so many
0: we gotta we gotta do a part two let's do I think I'd, I'd love to hear the because something i've been playing around with this yeah. podcast i think is it is it gosh, even three hours yeah isn't enough to yeah. really and i was like speeding
1: on, it too it was fast but there's so much yeah so i, I, I gotta have, write it
0: i've been kicking around the the idea of just doing more focused like Let's talk about marriage, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. I've, I've got a, a pastor that I'm talking to in a couple weeks where mm-hmm. we're just talking about his experience planting a church. Wow. Which is, he could talk about it for 14 hours. Wow. So we're yeah. going to try to do it in like one. Condensed. Day. That's <laughs> harsh. That's hard. Here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that there's a lot of guys out there mm-hmm. uh, who are 19, 20, confused. Don't know who they are yeah mixed up with same kind of crowd right you were you know maybe they heard about christ maybe they haven't yeah i mean if you could if you could talk to yourself you know or or even talk directly to them you know and i i, I pray that your words make it to their ears that's the the beauty right. of this format yeah. right is yeah. it, it could be shared right talk to that kid you know that 20 that year old what, okay. what
1: um og well, yeah <laughs> um whether you're a female male you know if you're broken if you're confused if you're in something you don't agree with that you know is rotten to the core but you just do it because it's the cool thing to do mm. you do it because it's your hood it's your you're going to be looked at differently if you don't do it um i say that's a lie from the enemy and, um, in every neighborhood, there is that crazy one that, that loves God. There's usually a homie that met the Lord either in jail or someone in his family. And you hear God in their speech, but you can't decipher it, but you know, there's something different. Huh. Reach out to reach out to that one and, um, ask him about the Lord <laughs> ask him what it is that keeps him from cussing like everybody else cuz yeah, okay. there's more to it than than they're saying hmm. you know and they're just waiting to be asked because they don't have that boldness yet but they know a lot and um if you're face if you're a young dad if you're a young mom you know there's churches in every neighborhood good churches and there's people willing to help you know uh, a lot of people see Jehovah's Witnesses, so they look at Christians as Jehovah's Witnesses yeah, and yeah. they say, okay, well, don't talk to them. I don't want to be with them. No, don't yeah. open your door when you hear that <laughs> knock on Sunday morning and you're not in church. Right. Yeah, they know. So the way to avoid a, a knock on your door is to just go to church. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a good solution. Right? Yeah. But Try it. There's youth groups that meet 18 to 25, yeah. 12 to 18, if you're in those areas, and they're fun. Nobody ever told me the church was fun. Yeah. You know, you think... <laughs> That's what I thought. I, was, I grew up... I can smile I up, Yeah. I grew up in Catholic church. Pretty boring. Kind yeah. of gothic. Oh, kind yeah. of... Yeah. Oh, different.
0: Incense and robes and... Yeah. Like costume party. And
1: wine in the back. Right. <laughs> and I only know that because I was an altar boy. Yeah. But, you know. Just reach out. Um, yeah. Talk to those ones that go to church. Ask. The best way to get answer is to go to somebody you look to as a, a leader to you. They got answers. And if you want change, you'd be surprised what they might give you. They might give you good advice hmm. to to go get that help. Uh, find an older relative that that maybe knows God, that's been down similar roads. Yeah. Uh, rub elbows with them. Say, how, how did you get out? How Someone that's doing great, ask them. They're willing to share their success story with you. Right. Everybody has a story. Ask somebody that's been successful in their story. Not everybody's successful. Some people are just getting out of their story to being successful. Yeah. And 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 but you see some growth. Ask them. How are you doing this? Because sometimes the best system is a buddy system. You can go together. Yeah. Um, if you're facing addiction issues, there's celebrate recovery in almost every Christian church in almost every neighborhood you just got to go ask um if you have to do court mandated things that's a good way to get signatures off yeah of your time it's a good way to know god in sobriety yeah with a christian value um it's a lot different than the 12 step that i grew up on that i hated the big blue book (laughs) oh it's just horrible (laughs) boring You know, yeah. I don't have to come in and say, "Uh, my name's Ed, I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Ed. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't have to do that. You know, the Bible says that he who the Son sets free is free indeed. And um, once you're free, you don't have to proclaim that you're an addict anymore. You don't have right. to hold on to those things that kept you bound. You can release them. God cleared you of all that. Yeah. And he wants to clear you if you're not there. He wants to rectify your life he wants to open a new door for you um whatever that is for you i pray that you just find yourself and you everyone has that person you can run to just think of that person right now wherever you're at if you're in your room if you're in a hotel room if you're in your car contemplating suicide i don't know where you're at yeah um there's a god who loves you there's a god who wants to know you deeply he already created you. He knows every hair on your head. He knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. He just wants you to say, Lord, show me your your purpose for my life. And he will do that. He did it for me. I, I, it's still unfolding. I, I don't want to say that I've arrived because I haven't. Yeah. You know, next week hopefully I'm better than I am today. Yeah. But I have that hope. My hope lies in Christ that, that my children will know. Uh, God they see me serve God they see me serve people it's always about people this message today is about people people knowing God Um, my purpose is to be a vessel for God that he would use any part of my life to better someone else And, and that's what I hope so if that's you please reach out you can find me through this podcast or you can you can tune in and or find me in my local church, which is New Harvest Christian Fellowship, in San Jose, on the yeah. East Side. East Side for Jesus. Yeah. But um, <laughs> you know I don't rep a gang, but I do rep Christ. I I. Man. I wish I would have known him at a younger age. Yeah. You know there was people. A lot of my salvation too was from friends, parents who would always pray for us when we were going to go to party, and I would always receive the prayer. Yeah. Always receive prayer it's covering for your life so yeah that's it that's it's beautiful it. man thank you
0: dude i think i say we call it there that okay was, that was perfect
1: thank you so much for having me dude, thanks I'm for blessed. coming
0: we, we gotta do we gotta do part two
1: we might do a part for three sure. it's, it's deep i'm okay. down i'm down all right beautiful all thank right I, I
0: do like a little outside high five when right, we're cool. done. here we go all right man
1: uh, yeah. nice thanks awesome man thank you Alright, well, there is
0: another one in the bag. Uh gosh, it felt good to get to interviewing people again. There's a couple more coming up uh in the weeks to come. But man, I enjoyed that. I think we we definitely gotta do a part two uh with Ed. There, there's some things in there that I've I've heard just through the hours of trucking with him that we gotta get to. But that was such a blessing to hear. Ed, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh true joy just to to get the download uh again from you. It's a beautiful, beautiful story. Uh, as always, folks, uh, if you heard something that resonated with you, something that you uh, that hit you or reminded you of someone else, please share these episodes. Share the show. Uh, I, I don't want the Great Stories Podcast to be huge so that it can be a thing to itself. I, I want the name of Christ to be known to people who need to hear it. And I believe that Ed's words, I, I believe that my words, I believe that other people's words who come on the show are are words that that need to be heard by specific people. So share the show. At a minimum, you can, you know, push the thumbs up, give it, a, give it a five-star rating, and it'll just pop up quicker as people are searching. Uh, just like we said, if you're, if you're seeking, you'll find it. And I hope that the words said in these microphones are a, a tool that God uses to reach people. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Ah, you're still listening. Uh, that means that you either left your podcaster just playing because you couldn't reach it, or you knew something was coming, and you are right. Uh, this time, I, I actually, uh, I didn't tell Ed I was going to do this, but I just left the mics open, <laughs> actually, after we were done, because I figured he had some more things on his mind, and I'm glad I did, because we we had a little uh, post-interview discussion you know along the same lines and and you know he said some more just profound and uh inspired things so i figured uh i would just tag that hangover on the end of the podcast as a little bonus material so uh enjoy the follow-up conversation and uh i will look forward to the next interview and i hope you are too bye beautiful yeah we hit two and a half hours so that was uh that was good. That was good. Wow. Two, Man.
1: Two and a half hours. That was beautiful. Wow. What a story. Dude, I didn't cry this time. It usually <laughs> breaks me. You about to. Focused. I, I just, you know, because, I, I mean, it's, but that, there was a time I couldn't share that story. Yeah. I couldn't, um, I could not, I couldn't, uh. I couldn't share that story. I would just break. Just start weeping. And now I could share it, you know. I shared it actually about a month ago <laughs> with a guy who was strung out on meth. Young guy. Dad. Hadn't seen his kids.
2: Uh,
1: Old lady left him for his best friend. Tore up. Just tore up story, man. And I cried with that guy. I said, man, God changed me. He could yeah. change you. Said, Don't worry about what she's doing. Just worry about you, man.
0: That's the cool thing about your story is that <clears throat> you like you could sit down with that guy and yeah. like i i could sit down with him and say the same thing yeah but it doesn't mean what it does because you can say i was you i know what you're going through i like you can yeah. use words that'll under like it just and that's you know a, it, and that's, it's a it's a your curse is a gift right
1: straight up it's yeah yeah like i still i talk with the lingo like kids talk with yeah it's weird so they go who are you? Like when I worked at the drop-in center, Yeah, these kids are like, who Who are you? You're like a yeah. kid in a grown man's body.
0: Yeah, well, I get that a lot too. <laughs> and I'm like,
1: it's just who I am. Yeah. I've, I've been, I've been man, I've been down this road, you know? Yeah. And then I show them, the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. What do you mean? I mean, it means it's been done. Huh. What you're going through, I've already gone through, or somebody has. Let me show you, it says it right here. And they go, wow. Yeah. You're go, just telling them your own journey. Right, and the... it's your own. You are the gospel. That's cool. It's your story. The greater works you will do. Jesus said that. Yeah. I used, that scripture used to drive me bananas. I'm a, how did the Lord say that? It would drive me like I wanted to know the answer to that. Huh. I know what it is now. It's your own life with the gospel, right? Right. You you're a living sacrifice for the Lord. That's what he holy and pleasing to him as long as we're doing what we're doing for him and like our purposes are right yeah so it's like man i want to just keep doing it you know
0: It's i i feel feel similar you know i, I talk about because i teach the first to fifth grade yeah and it, it's such a cool thing you know because i've been doing it long enough right that you can see when someone gets it you know because they see the breakthrough because they they hear the same things yeah right i mean from when they're from when they hear the same words and and it it might mean something it might not but there's like every couple weeks you know i'll be sitting there in front of a crowd you know there's 50 70 kids all sitting here and and i'll you know i'll be going through the same same thing every week is the same lesson top secret like it's the same exact lesson Yeah, yeah but they don't know it yet but they're starting to figure it out
1: right
0: and the the most like random kid well get it and if this happened there's this one I uh, you know he, he's, he's he's trouble <laughs> there's there's a handful of kids that are like if you told me they were raised yeah. in the forest by like chimps i'd believe you cause that's <laughs> that's these kids and that's funny i swear to you it'll be that kid that that pops his hand up and you see like, like yeah.
1: he, eureka moment
0: i got it and he'll put his hand up and he'll nail like this, everything, this Old Testament to Jesus connection thing, like boom, he'll nail That's it. That's awesome. man. I'll well, be like, "There it is! I wow. said, Jesus just made himself known in this That's room cool. right now." That's impossible. Yeah, you know, if you know that kid, and that happens every every couple of weeks.
1: That's awesome, man.
0: You know, you get to see that, and you you see it because there's like a light. You you see the light go on in their eyes, right. like oh, like they oh.
1: In my old ministry, I used to teach youth, and uh, yeah. It was kindergartners to fifth grade.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, me and my wife did it. It's fun. Oh, it's fun. But they're so pivotal there.
0: Yeah. But
1: what's even yeah. more of a blessing is most of those kids are like 20, 21, 22 now. Yeah. Yeah. They see me in public, but now they're adults. They right. don't look like they did when they were little. Yeah, so you
0: don't even know who they are. <laughs> brother Ed!
1: <laughs> like, who are you? Oh, my. Everybody knows who's <laughs> Brother Ed or Big Ed. Yeah. They used to call me Big Ed because I was a big guy. Yeah. But, um, oh man, At that right there. That's cool. It's like being a coach, right? Because I've been that too. Right. When they, they remember you in public and you're like, oh yeah, it reminds you of who you were, man, to all these, a mentor, a, a success story to them, you yeah. know? And, and it's such a blessing to see them and, and to know, or the ones that are serving God, like Zach, the rapper, Z, Yeah. He's doing so phenomenal, man. He's married, has kids. He's a pastor now. And amazing. He's yeah. a man of God. Yeah. And he's on fire, man. Doing big things for the Lord. And I, I look at that kid and I go, man, I'm claiming him as my fruit. Because the Bible says i will know you by your fruit,
0: right?
1: Yeah, hey, what? I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm a part of I watered that seed, man. You know what I mean? So I think about those things and the people you touch and the every opportunity that yeah. you didn't turn away.
0: Right, you know, no, and and you're you're never gonna know really until like,
1: later the effect you have probably until yeah. you get to heaven. And you're until like you ah, now I see what right, what was going on there. You know my pastor just said the other night. He goes, many are called, many are called. Yeah, and he looked at everybody. He goes, are you called, or are you chosen? Yeah, he goes because the Bible says few are chosen. He goes, we're not a big church, but I believe you guys are all chosen. It was amazing, man. It, there was just such a spirit of unity. Hmm. And um, I opened up to the leadership on Wednesday and Sunday. And it was amazing because my pastor's son preached Sunday. And he had no idea. But my pastor said, you lead all the workers and you pray. For, because I want you to be your faith to be contagious. And it needs to rub off on everybody. And the best way is to have you pray for everybody before service. I said, okay, I'll do that, pastor. And he was with uh, one of our people that was going through something so he goes go ahead and handle that I said okay I went in there man I stirred it up and I just prayed on unity hmm. and I said you know God is doing something are we willing to do this I go we are a team we're the body of Christ I go some of you might feel like a toenail some of you might feel like an arm but you're the hands and feet of Jesus right now whatever you going through put it to the side and serve the Lord today hmm for somebody yeah and everybody was like crying before in my prayer right I'm like, <laughs> the
0: sermon hadn't even started yeah yet. <laughs> and then
1: bugs i go you want to yeah. add to this because he was going to preach i go and i, I go i want to pray for for brother robert to preach a good sermon and let's lay hands on him he goes before you do that he goes i can't believe what you just said everything i, I tapped on a couple of scriptures too goes, that's what i'm preaching on huh. it's confirmation man I was like blown away because when I seen his stuff go up on, I was like, wow. That's
0: exactly what I was talking about. Yeah.
1: And it's just, you know, it's the way God orchestrates it, right? Crazy. And it's good because I've been in prayer, man, every morning. I, I've been just locking arms with my brothers and people that I haven't seen that fell off the church. I, hmm. God put them in my heart. I've just been sending out texts. I'm meeting with two people tomorrow. They want to just pray with me and hang out and drink some coffee. It's awesome. Nice. i'm I'm trucking tomorrow i know that's right (laughs) huh shoot let me get this guy so i'm telling you this stuff's good man
0: bang